0: Hi, uh, you're watching or listening to the Hair Dudes Conversations podcast, the best of series two. And in this we will cover all the highs, the lows, the fun, the not so fun, the humorous, the mad, the crazy, and everything that comes into spending some time with the Hair Dudes. So sit back and enjoy the best of series two. International football, is it lo- has it lost its appeal because or is it just the fact that I'm an Irish man in Ireland are crap? You know, I mean, if, we, if, we, if we'd have qualified for the World Cup, would I be singing a different hymn?
1: I think leaving Stephen Kenny doing what he's doing, I think he might get it
2: right. I mean, I think uh, Leeds have learned their lesson and, and they, we, we will not be in the bottom six next season. We definitely will not. They, they, they realise just how delicate delicately balanced um, uh, 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 premiership survival is. And I think next se- next season, Leeds will finish in the top 12, 13 teams. I can I- I guarantee you that.
0: I <laughs> listened on Talk Sport and they were talking about the revenge. England were looking forward to this revenge against Italy. And I kind of went, you know, I'll tune in on that. I'll watch that game. And I watched the second half and I nearly fell asleep. It was <laughs> It was a shocker. And I'm kind of go. where's the big revenge? Is this what you're going to be, the, the team of underachievers?
2: Yeah, I think anyway, you know, if if it can't be any of the Irish teams, um, begrudgingly, we would like to see England do well.
1: I think it's wrong to interfere with. Right,
2: Don't to play golf. No what.
1: Well, what, what, do you, what do you exactly
2: mean you think it's wrong?
1: I think uh, I think it's, I think why you interfered in the first place. If guys
3: want to Who play golf. Be? But who's interfered with them? The PGA, well, no, so the PGA haven't interfered with them. The PGA have said to them, you're more than welcome to go and sign up with this other um, mm. um, uh, tournament. Um, but, but you won't be playing in nurse.
4: It was good. It was good. It was good. Um, Took the wife. Uh, by Max, we had the reclining seats. One of the things I've said about this particular film is it's not one where you've had to have watched the first one. Obviously, most of us may or may not have watched it, but if, like, your kids were going to go along and see it, they wouldn't have needed to see the first one. So, but there's some really iconic stuff, you know, the music, just the key bits of music that you hear in the first one are, are played through. So you're taken right back uh, to watching it the first time when it first came out. And, you know, storylines... Tom Cruise. A I minute. Mean, I, I don't think Tom Cruise really makes a. He doesn't make a bad film They always seem to be all right. You know, some of them are a bit better than others, but he never really makes any really shit ones. No, he did. He made the one when he pretended to be Irish. Remember? that? <laughs> <Him and laughs> don't know. I've seen
0: it. Him, him, so. <laughs> him and his misses oh. at the time. It was shocking. <laughs> it was far and away. Was it? Far
3: That's and away. It. Far and a- yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: was, oh, was, I'll, I'll a, what I will give it I
3: missed miss then.
0: Uh, that was a dud. Paul went to see the Nick Cave latest movie. So do you want to tell us a bit about that, Paul, and and your love of Nick Cave, but your opinion of this movie?
2: Well, the last couple of Nick Cave albums, uh, Carnage and Ghosting, are probably... Um, they're probably two of... Uh, two of his greatest records in the last 25 years. Uh, I think that Nick Cave has got himself to a point now where he's a bit like Leonard Cohen or... One of those great uh, heritage artists like Neil Young and uh, even Dylan, um, but he is at risk of becoming slightly Bono esque. Um, I think that the, there's a there's a side to him that's coming through now. That's a little bit. I mean, I'm not sure what the right word is, but he's becoming a, he's becoming a little bit kind of self absorbed, maybe even slightly narcissistic. This film. Um, which I, I I really went hoping that he, we, he would he would step aside from that and and expose himself a little bit more. He, he he's sort of becoming a bit of a self proclaimed messiah, messiah, and you almost expect him to sort of heal people, um, to give them a blessing or to give them some sort of religious kind of mark that will set them free in the world. You know, Billy Graham character is actually starting to make me. Uh, really turn off him and and I, I came away from it thinking I might need to detox of Nick Cave for a few years. So, that- <laughs> But the book that I want, one of the books that I wanted to um, talk about was if any of you were ever interested in coming to Belfast and actually seeing a different side to it, a book I recommend is 75 Van Songs by Stuart Bailey. And if you're not a Van Morrison fan and you don't have to be, that's fine. But what he's done with this book is fantastic. He has taken 75 songs that he asked a lot of people to nominate. And he went to the absolute source of the songs to find out where Van um, was influenced by his surroundings, the people, the environment. Uh, Good pop, bad pop, Jarvis Cocker. Who doesn't like Jarvis? Anybody, if anybody, if any of you don't like Jarvis Cocker, we can't be friends. It's as simple
3: as that <laughs> i actually heard him being interviewed uh on a drive i was driving north one early sunday morning and he was on a sunday morning show and i listened to his interview and i thought yeah definitely need to go out and buy that book that's actually- yeah. this this is the book that we could all write but we don't have the we
2: don't have a, a a record company and a publishing house behind us but we could all write this book because as men we hoard we keep everything we put everything in, 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 a, in a loft or a lockup and eventually at some stage our, our children or, or the people who buy our house that we left the shit behind in, they find all the shit that we stored away and hopefully it's not a big stash of porn. And they, it tells them <laughs> something. <laughs> and it tells, it tells yeah. something about who we are. But what, what he's done is he's gone and dug out all his crap and he realizes all the inspiration that he was looking for for the last 30 years as a writer and as a musician and as an artist was all in his loft.
0: You know, from the regular punters' view out front, Mark's seen it from the privileged background because he hangs around with <laughs> all the coattails of rock stars and gives them free haircuts so he can get backstage. Uh, uh, I, I felt you, and it was Duran Duran, and, and all the, they are a pop band. And, and the one thing I liked about it is. They come out, they do what they do, and they do it very well. And they don't pretend to be anything that they're not. They're not you never hear them getting involved politically about stuff or whatever. They just come out and play good entertaining music and they hadn't lost it, even though they put on a bit of timber here and there, and you know what I mean.
3: Well, do you know what? I, 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 I've seen them so many times, and you know, I'm a closet duran fan. I I was bitterly disappointed that they didn't play Careless Memory. Mm. Um my 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 all time favorite Duran song from their first album. And, uh, but they're they're very laid back these days. The show is very laid back. Delighted that they did, they have a covers album. Uh, and I'm delighted they did White Lines from it. They also do. Uh, I actually
0: thought they moored at that, Mark. They look like a bunch of hairdressers, actually. Don't they? Like, even, you know, and they've held on to their hair, kind of bit of swagger about them, even though they are I, like Simon about 63 now. Yeah. Funny, I just I was observing, as you say, the young girls watching last night you're there, and you're kind of loads of going, he doesn't look as well as he used to. He doesn't look I'm kind of going, Wanna look in the mirror, love? <laughs> like, <laughs> they haven't yeah. aged at all. Like they're looking and going, I was expecting them to look better, and they're gonna kind of go, well, you have to look at yourself. We've all got older, you know what I mean? Like, so it's not yeah. trying to stand still for them and they just bring them back onto the stage. They're old guys, you know. Football well, transfers, one of the things I wanted to ask. Uh,
3: we have signed uh, Carvalho uh, from Fulham, the 19-year-old superstar. We've just signed a 16-year-old from Derry City called Trent. Oh, good luck.
0: And Duncan, I heard you have signed a new contract with Bovril for next season.
3: So the latest,
1: the latest at the moment is that uh, Spurs are interested in, in um, Richardson and Gordon the fans will be re- reluctant to let Gordon go we will need to bring people in but we need to
3: get money as well but
0: well, let's talk a little bit about the Gaelic then seeing as the three of us are on
3: Actually, that's easy sir the, the, the super strike force it is Derry County the, the Oakleaf boys are coming to get everybody
0: Mark I I'd, have, I'd, have scored, I'd have scored five goals against them myself will you stop
3: well, Galway were not going to get past Armagh yesterday. Uh that was some game, and I'm like, that's because you boys are all soft. Like, did you see the Galwegian? Who was the
0: like? He's gone. That fella never play again. Like I would probably be in favour, and I'd probably get shot for saying this as a dog that there should be two Dublin teams. So I look forward to to run in, and hopefully um, we could end up with a a, a
3: DD final. Well, I, huh? I, I have my money on the Dublin. De- Final. Oh, so, how did you two guys get on at the golf last week?
0: Somewhere along the line, Duncan convinced Richard Barry to give him a handicap of 27. And when I asked Richard which day, I said, I haven't played nearly 10 years, Richard. Yeah, it's 22, Greg. I said, 22? That's the highest he can give in, in a society. And then when we came out, and I said, so you're off 22? No, Richard gave me 27. God, how did that happen? You know what I mean? well, <laughs> My arms is a bigger. bigger. You know, just because you have two shops and you bought more color. Let's have a look at the spectacular event that was Glastonbury. And I've never been to it, but I would love, I would love to have gone. But then I was looking at it last night again, some of it. And I went, Jesus, if you're right at the back, what are you there for? What are you there for? And when you're in the middle, how do you go over a day? Answer me
3: that, Mark. You don't. But let's go on the Friday night with Billie Eilish. Since great talent is 20 now, I think, I think she's only going to get better. She's um, Herself and the brother are dynamic. And um, and I think she will bounce on from here. I think they will actually get a little bit more experimental. I think they'll get a bit more creative. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing where she goes because um, she's definitely. they're definitely going to go on from here.
0: Now, the only thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm probably correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe I'm politically incorrect saying this, but when the camera panned out on the crowd, it's very white, not or appealing it, or, to them. Or is it because it's in Somerset? And then if we go back to Saturday, Macca. Uh,
3: do you know what? On, on, You know, I've watched bits of it since Saturday again. I, I suppose as a fan, I was a little bit disappointed with um, some of the set listing but there again at the end of the day he clearly came out on stage and basically said you know made a point of saying well you know all your phones will go on and you will put your torches on when you want to hear a beatles song but whenever i want to play one of my own songs at all it's like i'm down a dark hole i i'm gonna end up getting death threats from this man but when you look
0: at paul mccartney and then you look at Dinah ross and then you look at billy eilish and you even look at now gallagher and the high flying (laughs) boards It's all, it's all about the band, and the show. And then you get Ed Sheeran and a load of medals. And I still don't get it. But then give us a review of the Eagles. Tell us what happened.
5: The
1: Eagles. The, Eagles, the Eagles to me, I've seen them for the third time. Uh, Len Frey isn't coming out with them. His son is there. Deacon, I think his name was. Played the guitar lovely and he sang really good as well. But there's a guy there, Vince, uh, Vince Skill. Yeah, he's pretty pretty odd. I think he's pretty good, but he filled in really well. He, he sang uh, a fair few of the songs and he played guitar. And he was really, really good.
0: So, Sean,
6: let's kick off. Boris is gone. <laughs> Boris is gone. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Greg, I'm, I'm thrilled. It's about time. I, I, listen, he was a great London man. I'm going to say that he did two terms, eight years. Great London mayor, but I have no idea what happened when he took over as Prime Minister. It's just just gone to shit, really. Basically what he he should
0: have done, he should have got one of his bikes and fucked off out of town a long time
6: ago. Yeah. (laughs) I I tell you what, you're not you're not far off. I think maybe it was Dominic Cummings or whatever's messed him up, but that 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 whole thing was just a car crash. I mean, an absolute car crash. In fact, I mean yeah, I've never seen... I think it's the worst prime minister we've ever had, in my lifetime anyway. But, but even that statement when I heard him
0: after uh, he lost a few of the by elections and Boris was just out of pool in Africa and he goes, we're going to have to start listening to the people. <laughs>
6: start listening to the people. That's what you're supposed to do when you came in, you gobshite, you know what I mean? Like what what was crazy was I thought as soon as he resigned, I thought all the ex-cabinet ministers that resigned to get rid of him would be reinstated, but they weren't. He's now bringing in his own people. Yeah,
0: picks his own cabinet. It's, just, it's crazy. I mean, and, and, yeah, I know. I mean, so where are you, Duncan, with Everton? And um, how, how did you get on that game in America last weekend? It was a four-nail years <laughs> one. Well. Well, now you lost. 4 nil that's right, yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, after that, then we be the Blackpool 5 2. We're trying to get um, this fella called Cornetto or whatever his name is from Borny as well. Cornetto.
2: Oh, I really hope that's that. his, He's what like, is his one name. He's <laughs> like <it's> just, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. just one of them. Is that just one I, of them? Or got a brother? This is one of them. That's what I said when I heard <laughs> that. Today. Just
0: one Cornetto. I can see him when he starts off. Huh? Well, that's going to be chubby. quite great God, child, though, isn't it?
4: That'd be a great
0: chance yeah. of the football. Paddy the Baddy became Paddy the goody the weekend. Did you see where he yeah. done? He came out because he comes out with some shite, right? And he's just a big mouthed scouser, right? That but backs it up because he does what he does in the. So he's like Conor McGregor, but with a scouse saxon.
4: Scout.
0: but, but yeah. one of his friends five hours before he was due that there was. His way in and lose a few pounds. He found out we'd committed suicide. And uh, mm-hmm. he said, you know, he said, I was shocked. And he said, look, what did they do? We started to try and keep me focused. All my friends are in bits and all that. And I just thought, I'll go out, I'm going to win this for him. I'm going to win him. But when your man took it, he, he actually done what we all keep saying, and we've done it here several times, is that men need to know when they need help. And it's okay not to be okay. And and he, at the end of his fight, he actually done it in the middle of the ring with thousands saying, it's it's okay for lads to talk. It's okay. There's a stigma about letting your guard down. Don't want to yeah. be Mr. Macho and uh, Macho yeah. and talking. And that was great. Like he's done yeah. more. because he's he's electric now. He's on fire. He's got that captive Americans will love him. You no, know, because you were you're always on fire when
4: you're playing golf. Oh look at that! Look at that! He teed that one up, didn't he? Oh. <laughs>
1: He he doesn't tell him the, don't worry, he's not telling the truth. He's slagging me for God's
0: sake. <laughs> he probably only yeah. took up yeah. the goal when, when he found out that Alice Cooper played. Other than that, I'd say Mark wouldn't play golf. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I went to see the share show, right? right. Um, yeah, so I remember the night we booked the tickets. I'm on a tip, my ma- typical ticket master thing, and up came the share show. I said, Love, do you want to go to see share? Been singing that song Believe in Karaoke for decades since the kids were small. I mean, let's go along, it's be a good night. I ah, don't know. But look, I'm on row C here at the moment, and it's 55 quid a ticket. If you leave it 10 minutes, I'm probably going to be on row 33 or row F or Z or whatever, and I'll be paying the same price. So, are we going or not? It's Tuesday evening, we're off on a Wednesday. I'll book it. Boom. It was a beautiful evening. Then we went perfect, sat down, had a beer, right? Well, can't drink as fast as I used to. So I said to us, Will we have a shot? Where's row C, row C, row C. The front row is row C. Whatever happened to A and B, A and B, you're in the row A and B if you're in the band, you're down below. So I was in the yard. Oh, I was getting to see the band and I was getting to see the show. And I swear to God, it was well put together. Just you wanted a good, uplifting, feel good evening. They came out, they asked, I was delighted they told Alison not to sing, but he didn't they say hard. he just said, and he would be karaoke singers there, please. refrain <laughs> from trying to sing because you'll get your chance at the end. And right at the end of the show, there's three shares for the three different periods where, like, I reckon if you go and see the show in another year, there'll be four shares because the woman just keeps <laughs> going along. She's <laughs> like a, like a
4: bunny at this stage, you know? But The thing I like about this, lads is we're talking about People that we've heard of, whereas Paul would be talking about some weird elect, like weird yes, band. The I mean, Sons I, last Bennett. time he was on, the, the he Sons was talking about Bennett. a band, and I went on there. Yeah, I went on, found them on Spotify, and I said, "What the hell is this, The big shoe player. It? Yeah. Cool.
0: and it's four dudes in the house this evening. We've got the beautiful Sean down here, in my bottom right. He's wearing a nice little piece of headgear. And um, we've got up in my top left, we've got the beautiful Paul and he's wearing uh, a lovely piece of headgear, which I actually went out and bought. Alison, throw me that hat over when you get a, cent, a, cha- a chance. It's probably not, no way near as good as Paul's was. the best I could get today. And uh, we've got the amazing and gorgeous Duncan down here. Close that back door, Duncan, in case the dog runs in. It's behind you. Oh, that dog,
1: I tell
0: you, he did that to me. Is that okay people?
5: Oh,
2: cool, yeah, that's a good price, yeah. I was going to go with this one. Yeah. yeah, I go with the, go with it's the orange. Manged. It's a bit mine.
0: <laughs> but we leave them for another. policy hat expert. That's just for the sunny days for me. But um, we started off the season and six of us students, Mark is in Toronto, um, moving gear with for uh, his favourite band, Def Leppard, uh, to get a free pass. And uh, Keith's all picking up a parcel. But the only winner on the first weekend out of us six hair dudes was Leeds. So I think that's the best place to start. Paul, was it a
2: surprise? Um, yeah, I think it was. I think um, I think the, the Leeds are definitely they were definitely a um, they were an unknown quantity this season with regards to the change of manager. Who, fortunately, with a bit of luck and a bit of grit and a bit of old uh, dirty Leeds spirit, managed to keep us up last season. Um, and I think he's made wholesale changes. I think the the Phillips Rafina departures had sort of got the, the 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 pundits and the fans of opposing teams talking, thinking, "Well, we've lost our two best players." What people don't realise is we actually didn't have Phillips for most of last season, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, so that makes no difference. And Rafina never really came back after being in Brazil at Christmas time. Um, so I mean, he was never the same player, and of course, you know, in the last couple of games, he did get those goals that probably kept us in the Premier League. But I don't think they're the big losses that we that 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 fans of other teams and the pundits think they're going to be. I think our midfield looked strong without Phillips on on um, on Saturday, and I think there are some real. St- I think there's some potential future stars in what Marsh has brought in that. That could be other, they could be the new Rafina. I, I think we are the surprise package of this year. I don't think we're going to get relegated. I think we might we might even reach the top 12.
0: Uh the second loser, which was Everton. Duncan, you were at the game.
1: Yeah, I was at the game, and just a couple of things about the game. Um I thought um, Sterling played really well for uh Chelsea. I thought our defense was rock solid. The only way they could score was with a penalty. And at their defence, we could we had no striker, we couldn't put a goal in their end. They couldn't put a goal in our end, and I thought we played very well. A draw might have been a good result.
0: I didn't see the first half of their game yesterday because I was up in the air flying, and I at least I was flying when my team weren't, you know. And uh, I just was shocked (laughs) when it landed and all. I could see was texts from you lads getting stuck into me and I just even when I seen the numbers I went this isn't good no they're not texting me to congratulate me this and then when I got off and I saying I went oh good lord you know now I've watched back since and I thought the first 45 we were abysmal uh, funny enough I thought Harry Maguire actually had a good game and probably the guy who was one of the best players in the pre-season other than Martial uh, was Fred and he was he was atrocious for the first goal. <laughs> you know so you kind of Look and say it's it's back we don't seem to made any progress. West Ham City.
6: Yeah, I think I mean not only him, I just think I I, th- I think you've got to give the manager credit as well. Because I, I mean when we played them twice last season we beat we knocked them out of the league Cup and then obviously in that that at near the end of the season we went 2-0 up against them and they ended up coming back and and obviously that we won't talk about that, but but what Radiola did yesterday with the fullbacks. I don't know if you saw the, the highlights, but he brought the fullbacks into the in, into the midfield. And we we just didn't know what I mean. David Moyes didn't know what in. I mean it it David Moyes had set up for the you know the same yeah. sort of game that, that when they when they you know we were two 0 up. Um and, and again I thought we were really lackluster, but I think they were just more confused. I mean, they totally neutralised Boeing. I mean, you know, it was hardly in the game. I mean, Suchet was hardly in the game. It, it was, you know, like, yeah, no excuses. I thought they, that I, I actually thought it was a really professional performance. And I, over the weekend, you know, I, I you know, I, I was, I mean, I was pleased that we only lost 2-0. Yeah,
0: right. 2-0 was a good result for Sam.
6: I think what we've got to look at is, is like American football, that you have to have a, you know, your squad adds up to a certain amount of money. And if you want to spend that on your quarterback, you can do. But you know all this. You know when they try to change the rules, and it's even in Europe. You know Paris Saint Germain and all of this. It's 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 just
0: nuts. I'm reading the book at the moment. It's the birth of new romantics. Oh, very good. A lot of quotes. A lot of quotes from people like you know, and you know, Robert Adams and all that. You know, it's basically just a book of quotes, really. It's mostly everybody talking from basically the. New Romantics came from, and they, people didn't even want to be called New Romantics. It was the best no, I mean, gave it, them it, that. Like,
2: you speak to any of the uh, any of the Blitz kids, and 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 you refer to the scene as New Romantics. And I speak to quite a lot of them. I mean, it's it, it's 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 such an insult. I mean, it's a little bit like calling you know the original modernist mods. That you know they will just completely refute that terminology or that that phrase because those phrases were made by the media they they they, they mm. nobody i mean can you imagine a bunch of kids in the, in the 19, 1957 58 listening to jazz and you know watching what continental kids were wearing and refer and they had the intellect of um of of, of art college um students and and they had the cultural view of the word of of the politicians and the writers and and, and the social commentators of that day Calling themselves something as crass as mods, they they wouldn't they wouldn't do it. They they left that to the kids who went down to Brighton and picked fights with old age pensioners on scooters. They left it to them. They were they they called themselves mods.
0: Well, the Elvis movie, Paul, at long last, I heard I wanted the review it because i love it. You know what I watched on the plane coming over here to, to Spain? I watched Elvis on tour. Have you yeah, watched it? great,
2: Brilliant. great, great movie.
0: And yeah. and after watching Elvis. Daz Lohman's version and then watching that, he didn't get it far wrong, a little bit of poetic license on him. What did you think of the movie?
2: I don't think there's any poetic uh, license. I, I think it's, I think for me, it's the film of the year. I, I, think, I think he took exactly the right tact to make something interesting and new and exciting about a story that's been told a million times. Coming from the perspective of the colonel, that double-edged sword of, yes, this was a puppet master at work, a manipulator, a a, a a someone who exploited people, the most, the worst type of character. On one hand, who absolutely destroyed his muse, but on the other hand, he gave the world the greatest living entertainer of all time. And yeah, the- I was. I, can I just interrupt
0: you there, Paul? I was saying to clients, and and I looked at your opinion of this. This is the way I looked at the movie uh, where I came out with. Without Car- Colonel, if Colonel Tom Parker hadn't have took Elvis. Would Elvis have been a one-hit wonder and popular? Would he have been a global superstar? And then two, if Elvis had left him when he was going to leave him, would, could Elvis be still alive today?
2: Okay. Well, first of all, Colonel Tom Parker didn't kill Elvis, but that's a different story. Hmm. The, the, the issue here is, no, without Parker, the, the world would never have heard of Elvis. Yeah. Because the racial tension and the, the racism and hatred and the segregation of that time would never allowed Elvis Presley to ever cross over from being a, a, a white rhythm and blues singing hick, comfy hillabilly to being the commercial world superstar that he became under the management and guides of Parker. The first thing that Parker did was sign him to RCA. RCA looked at Elvis Presley as a risk. They seen that this was something that they couldn't control and they couldn't manage. But they also seen rock and roll coming down the line. Other record labels had the Bill Haley's and the Little Richards, and Elvis was something completely different. He had the looks, he had the charisma. He was a lightning bolt that will never happen again. I mean, it just won't. And Parker had the ability to see into the future and see when this rock and roll thing dies, he's marketable on every level. Movies, um, concert tours, posters, badges, he even had, I mean, he had the wit to know that for every Elvis, absolutely fanatic, there was an Elvis hater. He marketed for both markets. He had every trick in the book. He so he told Elvis Presley, I'll make you a million dollars. And he made him a million dollars in his first year. He kept every single promise, but he also kept every single penny. And that mm. would, would have Elvis have lived beyond 42. No because Elvis was surrounded by enablers. He was a country boy, he had simple tastes. Uh, he never recovered from losing his mother. Um, and I think the reality of it is, his career was set in fate. It was always, he was he was a lightning bolt that shined, shone so brightly that he could not shine forever. I think Elvis was dead by 1973, by 1974. I think- What he did started- you make of
0: the soundtrack, Pop?
2: I thought it was amazing. The unfortunate thing, Greg, and I don't want to, I mean, obviously I'm an Elvis fan, but the unfortunate thing with Greg, Greg, with Elvis was that he, he, he became a victim of a, of, of um, I think the, the Elvis phenomenon had already run its course by 1971. You know, he, he had, you know, but by the time he was starting to try to, write, sing songs about social commentary in the ghetto and, um, you know, uh, Don't Cry Daddy, and the type of stuff that actually spoke about the world he lived in. The world had already moved on. You had Marvin Gaye doing What's Going On. You had yeah. other artists who had, and, and he, they were allowed to have that conscience and he wasn't allowed to have the conscience that they were allowed, to, even though he wanted to. He was asked to come and perform uh, at, a, at a, a Martin Luther King um, a Memorial Concert by Mahalia Jackson. And Parker wouldn't let him because he said, that will segregate your, your fan base who are white, blue collar, middle mm-hmm. American women. And they won't like you playing alongside Mahalia Jackson and Nina Simone and whoever else. So there's all that. But never underestimate Elvis's genius as a, not only a great musician and a great, but he was a great, he was a great um, interpreter of the modern American classic. And when rock and roll was gone and the, the 68 comeback special was gone, you could give him a song like uh, Bridge Over Troubled Waters or um, Help Me Make It Through the Night, and he would turn it into his song. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think what, what uh, Baz Newman's done brilliantly is he's entrenched the legacy of Elvis for good and, and destroyed the stereotype fat man on the toilet that, dis- yeah. that has destroyed the true reputation of Elvis Presley, and I'm absolutely thrilled that people now see Elvis for not just the icon that he was, but the for me the for me the holy trinity. And I'll end on this in music, is Elvis Presley, David Bowie, and Bob Dylan. Nothing else matters. Without Elvis, there'd be no Beatles. Without Dylan, there'd be no singer-songwriters. And without Bowie, there'd be no reason to absolutely have punk rock, glam rock, or anything else. He was the catalyst that changed stereotypes, equality, broke down barriers. And even without Elvis, there'd be no Bowie. So for me, Elvis's sainthood has been re- re- uh, re- resurrected and put back where it belongs.
0: He's sitting there writing. He wants to get his teeth into this. Is is there any of them, either of those that are running in the final, Richie or uh, Liz Truss, are they worthy of the position? Um, where did, Where is the UK gone? Where had he gone? Like,
6: where where is it go? I don't think it's just the UK, Greg. I think it's more obvious with us at the moment. But mm-hmm. the thing for me, and I've been saying this for a while, one thing I just want to say is, we we have spent decades now, like at least, you know, we, we've had four decades where we've all had it really good, very gluttonous, low interest rates, no, no inflation. We've all enjoyed it. But for them saying four ge- decades, we talked about the system being rigged and it's like you you hear it all the time that you know that there's this illuminati that that meet every year and that you know they do this and i'm not a conspiracy theorist at all but one of the things with this that's really annoying me is that they've set this inflation up right then you know they, they got caught out and i'll come on to that in a minute but if you look at europe and you look at America, the Federal, Federal Bank, and you look at the Bank of England, all of them near it at the, or in the middle and end of COVID were still printing money. When every financial expert at the time was saying, why are they printing money? You shouldn't be printing money. You know, you're devaluing your, your, your currency and whatever. And it's, it's so clear now that what they, you know, each of, the, each of these governments now, you know, like they, they're frightened to death. They can't tax us anymore. And what what, all I wanted to say tonight was, I I saw something. It was, I did go down the rabbit hole a little bit on this, but I saw something the other day where a financial expert who was quite old said, you need to look at inflation as a tax, right? And he said, if you look at it as a tax, you'll think of it as something completely different. And what he said was, why you should look at it as a tax is, obviously everything's going up, say 10% as an easy number. Here in the UK, we have VAT. And, and and obviously with Paul in Ireland, everything now is costing us ten percent more, and the government VAT is ten percent more at a minimum, right? Then also, obviously, for goods that that you know, every time you're paying more for something, the government will make more, not just in VAT but in taxes. If it's more expensive to produce, you make you know more tax. This has been totally set up. What they didn't, I think, what they didn't cater in was that Putin would invade Ukraine and mm. send oil and oil prices even higher. And I think what they were looking at was keep inflation at like 5%. Everybody will be like, oh, it's a little bit more expensive, but what the hell? Mm. They'll earn their tax revenue. This is all been set up to pay back the money for furlough and whatever throughout mm. the world, whoever did, you know, like, and it's fucked up. Putin's fucked it up because he's now sent it through the ceiling. And the problem is now, what really worries me is we th- this is an out of control train now um you know it is all the americans are saying we you know we're trying to liz trust here she said if you trust me i can fend off the recession this train is is going so fast now that before we know it we're going to be at 15% inflation we're going to be at 5 to 10% on interest rates and i don't i don't think they know how to stop it now purely because Unfortunately, Putin invaded the Ukraine. But I, I, I honestly, I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. But if you look now at the real sort of like the old school economists that you can find on, on YouTube and they, they're all, all saying, they set this up. This was all set up, COVID has to be paid back. Furlough has to be paid back. They set this up and unfortunately, you know, they got hit with, the, with this war that's going on in Ukraine which has exacerbated it, and it's now out of control. They can't pull this back in, um, you know, and, and they're just learning their way out of it. And it's so frustrating because, you know, like Paul just said there, I don't know where this is going. I, I mean, our team already, they see this 10% number of inflation, they want a 10% increase. Mm. You know, and I'm saying to them, well, you can have a 5% increase, but you're gonna have to find the other 5% by stop eating delivery meals and whatever else. that that's part of what recession is, you know, that you have to do your bit. Yes, yeah, so for me, I just, I wanna throw it out to you guys and see what you think, because it's interesting, you know, like, especially Paul, as I say, affected by, by VAT like we are, but this, you know, if you think, you know, the UK, it, it, the UK is gonna be the first one to be really obviously hit. But if you don't think this is gonna com- destroy Europe, I mean, America, they've got their own oil and their own gas. They're they're gonna they're gonna find it really tough, but I mean, Europe is gonna get slaughtered here, I think.
2: Okay, any opinions there, Paul? I, well, first of all, uh, I, I mean, I never really looked at the idea that 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 the the invasion of Ukraine um, exasperated the situation we're in, but I can see I can see how that makes sense. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. I mean, I I've been a salooner for nearly thirty years. Um, you know, we hear conspiracies, conspiracies in our staff rooms every freaking day, so we try not to um, <laughs> indulge them. But um, one of the things that I actually do feel very strongly about is that the spiralling costs and the fact that Northern Ireland is annexed, not just from, from um, the United Kingdom uh, as we stand, but also um, in our ability to um, uh, um, introduce uh, alternatives to what we have based on the fact that we're in a part of an island country. And that most, of that, uh, most of that island is separate from our, our part of it. Um, I can only find that, that every trading day is becoming more and more difficult. Um, the costs are going through the roof. Getting staff, finding staff. And I'm currently, I've just interviewed over 200 people for a reception job.
6: Wow.
2: 200 people. And I'll tell you what the sad thing is. The majority of people who've been given trials haven't showed up on the day of the trial. Mm. The second thing is, um, of, of the 30 assistants who've applied for a job, three people came for an interview, and there were over 35. The majority, I've had a lot of interest from hairdressers who were in the freelance self-employed world, and they want to know, can they, can they come back and work part-time? Why do you think that is? So they can do that, nexus. So, so they want a tax footprint? Yeah. Okay. They think we don't know what's going on. We, we as we as I'm just thinking from a hairdressing point of view, Sean. I know you're thinking bigger, but we are feeling it every day from the clients who are who are aware that you know the cost of things are going up. The staff who can feel it because they can't they can't get the same um, amount of return on every pound that they make, and 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 actually the uh, the environment that we're in. Is making, is making everything more expensive and less rewarding. Now, I think we will get through it, but I'm not sure if our industry will look the same as it used to look.
0: I think we'll go with Mark's prediction straight off. It'll be 4-0 to Liverpool. Because he said they were going to be full and 4-0, and it never happened. And then he said they were going to be Crystal Palace 4-0, and it never happened. So I'm hoping, heart and heart, will be the red devil here. That it's not so,
1: Duncan. How are you? Well, you can't say you can't say that it's not going to be four nil. It could be four or five nil, but my guess is United won't win, won't lose this game. They're either going to draw it or else they're going to win it, and they're going to come good at some stage. And they're going to up their game against um, against Liverpool. And Liverpool are a little bit hot and cold at the moment. So I. If I was a betting man, which I'm not, I'd be putting it on probably a draw.
0: We've already had an amazing weekend of football. Unfortunately for Duncan, let's talk about the Everton game. Points lost again.
1: <clears throat> yeah, points lost. We only got a first, first. Uh, we only got a first game, and it's the same old story as it was in the first game against Chelsea. <clears throat> we don't have a striker. We need one, maybe two strikers. And I think um, we will get them this week. It's an awful pity, Paul's
0: not here because it's very few times we've ever had Paul riding high. At what second
1: in the Premier League, to
0: you know. So at the moment, yeah. if you take us six head yeah, yeah, yeah. dudes, the only one riding high is Paul. Mm-hmm. Next to him is is Keith with Crystal Palace. Oh, and The rest of yeah. the rest of us are down the other end of the league. <laughs> so it's interesting. It's going to be a really interesting season, I think. I think there'll be a lot of chopping and changing yeah, I at think the top the- Here's Mark in, so we're just about every time to bring still, him in. I hope you He wasn't us. going to let me and yeah. you on, on our own break. Oh, no. Mark is we just- not going to let me and you on our own
1: break. Ridicule Liverpool. Oh, look at him!
0: Look
3: at him! I say he ran. I say he ran home. Ah, he so ran he home, home the from the loft. Got the got the full manager's gear on this evening. we're we're, we're on it, children. We're on it. I've got a
0: sense of humour, Mark.
3: <laughs> ah, that's we 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 when we run out the win, we don't have a sense of humour. <laughs> well, well
0: well you had to have, you had to have, a, have a sense of humour against the last two games in Fulham and Crystal Palace because you went out to win them.
3: Never worry about that. It's uh, it's 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 all season starting today.
0: But would you be happy to take, as Mr. Club said, if 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 the match was postponed tonight, would you be happy to take the three points? Do you think you should be taking the three points without a ball being kicked?
3: Uh, well, to be quite honest with you, I, I think if your if your club is in that disarray, why would you be adding to our fixture list when we're going to be playing in at least four different competitions? Why should we accommodate you people when you can't get your shit together? Sorry, but no. If if your company's uh, if you're if if the company who's running your can't operate in 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 an in appropriate fashion, why should we um, give away anything when it's going to impede our very busy fixture list heading into uh, Champions League, um, or, it, is it, or Is it not that he's only
0: got two points out of six so far, and he'd he'd take, he'd rather take the points anyway he can get them?
3: Uh, no, it's it's got to do with the fixtures. He's already. Said how congested the Christmas period is, and basically even now with the World Cup, how even more congested it's going to be. And yet, as far as the uh, the FA, uh, well, the Football Association of England are concerned, uh, we we've always played um, we've always played football on uh, Stephen, Day, Day. And,
5: yeah, Stephen
0: and, Day, yeah,
3: Day, basically midweek and New Year's Day. So why would we change now? But you see. The simple fact of the matter is the world has changed. The game has changed. The fixtures have changed. There's more going on. We played somewhere in the region of 68 games last year. You guys, I think, played, what, 38, 40 maybe?
5: Yeah,
0: but there there was a time we used to be playing 68 and you were playing 24 because you got out of everything by Christmas.
3: I want to point this out. um, Man United have never played 68 games. That's that's just a fact. Never. you, You looked that up, did you? Absolutely, never yeah. <laughs> he looked that up
0: before he came on. He wasn't quoting that one off the cuff <laughs> because he, he's got so many predictions around like 4 0. Oh, no, it's not gonna be 4 0. No, it's gonna be 4 1. <laughs> I'm off to a German pub because that's all there is around me at the moment. Well, German will, be, but uh, how, will you go out Mark, uh, and watch the game? Oh, god,
3: yeah, we have a good group of us are uh, Liverpool fans. We go and watch the games. Very good. Where will you watch it? Uh, do- Gleasons in Brother's time. We're turning the rugby pub into a football pub.
0: Yeah, it a, it's a the rugby Very pub under, when the rugby's on and then they they throw on that. Now they probably used to wear Man United you know, jerseys half them years ago and we were winning, and then they probably open probably have a few Chelsea in that closet as well, and then they'll have a few Liverpool. You know they'll be them kind of the fellas that whoever's winning. Now you, not saying you, you're not Mark, I'm not saying you, but the type of people know, that you know, who, you know
3: who probably the biggest supporter group down there is yeah. And, and you know by their age Leeds United plants ah, yeah. Yeah, they, they may have to Jesus a
0: lot of fellas in their 80s down there
3: yeah there you <laughs> go there you
5: go
0: <laughs> I part spotted the well, kid in the age on the day and I went yeah, oh, God love him
1: God love him <laughs> kid, he's riding high now he's riding high now you know
5: when when I sent me two brothers every
1: single every, every single player that played for Leeds and played for Chelsea and played for Liverpool more so than my own team at the time. But I, I but, just knew when I knew the history. They were serious games.
5: Leeds and Chelsea. A quick
0: one between the three of us, because I know we're on for a short time tonight. Would you change your predictions that you, that you put in at the beginning of the season on who's going down?
3: Yeah, I, well, I would probably, I would probably um, maybe take Southampton out and put Aston Villa in.
0: Mm. Would you, I, I would probably. How, I,
3: I, would only I might. I I'd
0: probably take Forest Forest out and drop Bournemouth in, because Bournemouth have been struggling big time, and I didn't yeah. have them in the rotten
3: tree, you know. I said, said Forest as well, but you know what? Forest uh, are good at the moment, uh, and they're a very young team, and they're very exciting to watch. But they have no depth, and as the season kicks yeah. in, and as injuries,
0: injury a seriously good
3: goalkeeper. What's your predictions Gregor?
0: Yeah, as I said to coming into this, that all I wanted from Ten Hag this season is that coming into the last minutes of the game, we're in the game. So whether we're losing one nil or whether it's one all or a drop, but we're still in the game. Not like last year where it was over by halftime. Now I know last week was a, I just think it was a freak result. I don't think the game I had made them two hellers. It would have been a different game. I don't think Brentford as the game went on, you know, they would have picked up a bit, and they just lost their way. So I'm going to go with. It's two one to United. Just that's Brilliant. me being throwing me, me red passion in it. Yeah, and Mark. Well, I don't have it down for, don't for, I yeah. say I say
1: maybe two two.
5: Draw.
0: Yeah, actually, one of the pundits on the radio was saying two two earlier. Yeah, Mark. Uh, <clears throat> I'm
3: gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go three one or four one for the pool.
0: <clears throat> right. Hmm. That, I, I hope you're wrong. We've got Sean who's wondering where the wheels came off with West Ham, and he's still trying to find where they found the money to buy all these players. And we've got Keith, who's on a level par, because that's where he likes to give it, draw, draw, draw. So he's just, he's never up, never down. He's just a Crystal Palace fan. And then we've got Mark, who's going to explain to us how Everton did not win that game. Um. And, and let's kick off with the EPL And the first match of the weekend, you have two teams, Mark. I couldn't believe it that your two favourite teams. I have only one favourite team, but you have two. Celtic and Liverpool kicked off at the same time. Had you two TVs on? Are we cutting hair?
3: What way did you look at it? Well, all I can say is I I broke myself out between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock, so I get the second half of both. I had the pool match on the computer and I had the Celtic match on my iPhone. So, they were both sitting together. So, I was able to watch the two games simultaneously, both of which I taped at home. So, both of which I watched. Well, I I think really I'd seen enough of the Liverpool match not to have to re-watch it again. So, but here... Well,
0: how, many, how many times did your man toy his shoelaces, Mark, in the Celtic game? Because I say that's how much you watch that. You probably see it every minute and every second. And the other one you watch it on, what's the fastest on your TV? 30, is it? You just hit the 30 and it just, boom, gone. Oh, other, other, other than Mr Cody's goal that was disallowed.
3: Oh, well, it was. It was offside, so we'll just leave it at that. And um, it, it, was, it was a very typical Merseyside Derby. Most of them end in draws. The vast majority of them over the last, uh, I think, for about the last ten or twelve matches, at least eight of them have been draws. Uh, Liverpool seems to have won the, the the odd game, but they are a they are a messy, scrappy game, and uh, unfortunately, Liverpool didn't turn up. So I, I would have to say,
0: well, here's what? one for you, Graham Jonas, which I don't think he's another one that wore the blues. So you're probably a bit like Steven Gerrard. You probably etched him off the memories of of, of anything to do with Liverpool, said this morning that he, since Martinez walloped Salah, Salah hasn't really played. He looks like he's looking around waiting to be hit. Yeah, He hopes that he's not a fella who's just signed a massive contract and now is saying, I don't need the money, I'm taking it easy. And he said, as a Liverpool fan, he's hoping Salah listens to what he said and that motivates him to start playing again.
3: Uh, Well, do you know what? I'm going to agree with him because he has definitely softened up uh, certainly since he got that injury uh, coming off the African Cup last year. And and basically, uh, it was smart by United to target him because he couldn't handle the young fellas. And the same happened again. Um, I think it was Young Patterson had a bang at him again uh, on Saturday. And uh, and the young uh, Ukrainian kid also had a bang off him. So to be quite honest with you, I think I think a number of players need to be moved positions.
0: Right. Well, then who we go to next then? Because it was a pretty dull game, and we we not get <laughs> time. We might get on to we might get on to the Celtic game when we go to Keith. Because it won't take long
4: for Keith to come. It won't tell him. It was a draw. I'm just happy we stay up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, as always, I think we're still playing better under Vieira, uh, more attacking. But yeah, I'll, I'll take a draw all day long. Uh, for me, being Palace, it's always been about staying in the Premiership. So um, it's more exciting football. Uh, it's better to watch. Uh, Eze, for me, is like one of our staff wow.
0: Absolutely super, Brilliant player. Super player.
4: Um, quick. It takes some pressure off Zaha as well. So, I think that's been good. Uh, but yeah, overall for me, it's always. I said, I'm just happy if we stay up, lads. I've got no, no sort of dreams of being at the top. We're never going to get there. I'm quite realistic about it. But as long as we stay in the Premiership, uh, play some exciting football, um, without being one of these teams that we've had in the past that have had, you know, your Sam Allardyces in, and they then suddenly want your Tony Pulis's, and they suddenly want you know, some fancy pants manager in to get exciting football, and they end up coming down. Um, I'm just happy that we're playing a different brand of football, but we're still staying sort of fairly level, but going up slightly, which is really good. So yeah, good. Um, Paul, let's get on to
0: Leeds and the manager getting sent off.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I suppose if you had said to me at the beginning of the season, we six games in. We eight points and we, you know, it was two wins, two draws and two losses. I'd probably say, well, that well, I'll take that. I think the, the reality of it is um, there are some elements of the Leeds game that I think I can't believe that they just haven't changed from last season. Our, our defence is as leaky, as a pensioner on a roller coaster. And uh, I think, you know, there's that hasn't changed in two seasons. VAR has had a very big hand to play in the result on Saturday. Um, I, I was very critical of the game and, and our defence until I actually saw the game and then you realise that the, that Brentford were given a very unfair penalty and a very unfair free kick which Tony scored from both and, um, and after that it's a hot and uphill battle all the way. I think Leeds are going to get beaten five, six goals a game four or five times a season maybe more. Probably as I said when we were talking Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United, City Jesus Christ I can't I can't even think how many goals Haaland's going to score against Leeds. he will probably get the forty against us. Yeah, but by, by the time he by the time Holland gets the Leeds, he'll he'll have won the golden boot. But I mean, I I think that for me the biggest the biggest issue that we have is last week was a shit show in terms of the um, the transfer situation. We should have probably won the Everton game. We were never going to be, beat Brighton, um, and uh, and I think the disgraceful way they handled the Dan James transfer made me very embarrassed to be a lead supporter. At the moment, I'm just the jury's out for me, and I, I think if this is the way we continue for the rest of the season, yes, we'll stay up, but we're never going to be a top twelve top ten team if we can't actually pick the players who are actually good for the team and strengthen it with quality players, because the board have said this week it's one in one out. I mean, where's the where's the where where's the progression there? There's no progression.
0: Right, well, let's move on then to another man who definitely I thought VAR robbed of a result, and I definitely felt West Ham gave something out of it. it I feel sorry for David Moyers. he just needs to get a bit of luck. I just don't think West Ham have had any luck.
6: No, I think the thing—I think you're right, Greg. I mean, to be honest, I'm—I'm quite positive. you know, we we had a great game against Tottenham. We're starting very slowly, which isn't good, and and I think that the second half against Tottenham. I mean, the amount of balls that were gunned across, and they were tap and, and 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 I thought they were very unlucky not to get the win there. And I think Saturday, I mean, they've come out and apologised today about the VAR decision. But, you know, Mendy, look, at the end of the day, I, I can't knock him because he got the result. But, I mean, that's just as bad cheating as, as you know, as, as some of these guys throwing themselves around the floor. It was, it was you know, it was a poor decision. And, and he made the decision from a really good position. And then you know, VAR came out and, and made him doubt his decision. And, you know, but at least at least this week, we saw one referee for the first time go up to the screen and say, no, fuck you, I was right. I was right. You know, we're not looking to win a title, um, but it's early days. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm quite confident. I think he'll, he'll make it work. I certainly don't think, um, you know, I, I don't think Moyes will... Be in problems at all yet? I think uh, the fans like him. I think the club likes him, and I think, as you say, we've just been unlucky.
0: Before I get onto the the big match of the weekend, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> let's talk about Brendan Rogers. Have you listened to him? He sounds like a man that's just ready to go. Fuck, I'm out here.
2: Well, can I just say, can I just say something? Yeah, I would take Brendan Rogers at Leeds if he if he left um, Leicester. I would take them at Leeds, united for all for for all we're talking about the hardcore who who are protesting outside Old Trafford are a very small amount of people who are probably manchester based who believe that you know that the Smiths should reform and that the hacienda should reopen and Manchester <laughs> yeah, well, I'll,
0: I'll be on for that. But, yeah. <laughs> never got to go. none of this is gonna happen. I can, live, I can live without Morrissey, but I could go to the hacienda all right. You'd have a bit of new order any day. <laughs>
2: right. So they're the same people who, who want, you know, they, they think that everybody should have a lame Gallagher haircut and a bucket hat and we should all be frigging you know, floured up. This is all history. They have nothing to do with Manchester United. And you know, the Glaciers will see them protest all day long. And once Anthony gets his next hat trick against Man City though Haaland will have scored six, it'll be all over. <laughs> well, Mark is hoping, he's
0: nearly probably going through the league, looking at who's the hardest bastard he's going to come up against <laughs> that might break his leg, you know what I mean? And and actually, that could be our little uh, Rottweiler uh, Martinez, because he won't be able to beat him a height, but he could probably lay in and take the kneecap off him at the same time. Because... <laughs>
2: I'm is sure the guys will different. agree here. Holland okay. Halland has shown in the Premiership that he didn't show anywhere else. it's not just the the the, the scoring prowess. He's hard. He's tough. Mm. You know, it's going to take some, you know, he's a bit like his dad. It's going to take it's going to take a Roy Keane character to take him out and it will be a vicious vicious injury. It's not just going to be a quick tap. He's not going to go down because somebody's tapped his ankles. It's, well it's
0: his dad bad. is probably his dad is Do you probably down a
3: of the way away He's he's, he's he's unfortunately a very very tall and large player. So the simple fact of the matter is, they do have a tendency when when whether it's in a direct or a non-direct tackle, he could come down in the wrong way. There is, you know, he was injured. He's been injured with with uh, with um, Dortmund quite a bit. He has been injured quite a bit. I mean, he was out for a large portion of last season, came back at the end of the season. So he does pick up injuries, and, and he will pick up injuries in the weather on a nasty night in Selhurst Park when one of those lads cleans him. You know? Mark, look at this, Mark. I've been in Hamburg
2: in the middle of February, and I'll tell you, I'll take Belfast any day.
3: <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> You know, I think I, the Bundesliga is not I, a very competitive league. You've got two teams and, and that's it. It's a bit like it's a bit like the SPL. Yeah. It's a little bit like um it's a little bit like La Liga now, it's also like the French Premier yeah. Division. Yeah. There's only two teams in any of these leagues. There really is.
0: But the Italians are the Italians have a good league and, and I believe Napoli are playing on they're on fire at the moment. They're untouchable. I hope, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping
3: the air come Wednesday. <laughs> you know what? If it's Napoli, it's probably all the gack that they're yeah. taking that was left over from Madonna days, Maradona days. <laughs> they probably have bought the
0: keeper, and anyway, you might have Alison's mother or a grandmother locked up with a gun. To her. <laughs> Throw the ball in the back of the net, <laughs> but he got the one. Just, he did get the one goalkeeper once, didn't he? In the in red jersey, Mr. Graveler, just going back
6: to though, Headlands. What I think it's refreshing to see a center forward, an old school center forward again. Yeah, all these goals from inside the box, inside the box, all yeah, of them.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and, and quite a few misses, Sean, as well. Quite a few yeah. skylarkers, quite a few, you know, uh, one pointers, as we would call it in GAA, where he he completely missed the goal and was over the bars. So he he has a tendency to have a, a 50-50 ratio on his attempts, which is not bad, actually. You know, for everything he misses, he also gets the odd one. This
0: morning on talks partner were saying, a um, man committed to give the odds and who'd win the golden boot. And he says, well, where are Harland's You go? He says, which is not just open a book of who's going to come second. <laughs> he said, I doubt there's anybody going to put any money now on Harland. So you'd be you'd get a better book on with second. And who do you t- who do you reckon who would you reckon was second second favourite to get the golden blue? Jesus. No, no, he's toured. Harry Kane.
2: Yeah, I I would have said Kane. Yeah. I would have said Kane.
0: So as the gas, the the guy they couldn't get last season, City, they've replaced him with the guy that they did get. Now, if you had the choice as a city fan, would you have rather the deal have gone through for Harry Kane and have him? Because you probably wouldn't have had Haaland. Would have gone to United. Well, he wouldn't have gone to the United because his dad He's
3: he's, (laughs) he's definitely in the buy of the season at 50 million 55. He's he's definitely in the buy
0: of the season without a shadow of a doubt. You have to have a look at some of them contracts, you know, where they say and add ons, they must must go on forever, you know what I mean? What and all the the previous clubs are all getting a kickback, yeah, like Mm Sao Paulo, wherever got that. Is the Sao Paulo that Anthony was with. And they they gotta do yeah. twenty percent of that fee is going back to them. So they're saying the smaller clubs are getting clever with the, the young talent now and
3: saying we'll have a kickback. Celtic have got more than ten million with the Van Dyke's transfers between Southampton and and basically Liverpool. So when he went to Liverpool, they got another ten percent kickback. Is he, is he playing below par van Dyke?
0: Yeah. So and and say- he's your leader, so the others around
3: him aren't. Do you know what all these players that get badly injured last year have really not stepped up? Um I don't know whether it's a fear thing or what it is, but there's definitely something going on. They,
0: they, need, to, they need to be giving them whatever they give James Milner. <laughs> he just keeps going, doesn't he? You never even see is he ever injured? You never see him out. You no. just gave him away, Paul. What 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 fee did you just get for him?
2: Well, he was part of the. He was part of the. Um, he was part of the. What he called the 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 firebomb sale, wasn't he? So I mean, there probably wasn't even a decent sell on her. I mean, it was just. I think he was one of those players that, like Alan Smith and and Harry Kuehl and all those. It was just like let's get them, let's get rid of them, let's get as much as we can, get them off the payroll. Risdale, as you probably remember, and if you if you don't, he wasn't exactly the most astute businessman. No. And I would say, you know, on one hand, we were playing Robbie Fowler's, we were probably still paying Robbie, Robbie Fowler's wages. But on the other hand, we gave Alan Smith, Harry Kuehl, Rio Ferdinand, uh, David Batty twice. Um, and um, uh, Lee Boyer, Jonathan Woodgate, all those players were allowed to walk for literally next to nothing just Absolutely. to get them there. It was an absolute shocking his, um, moment in our history. And I'll tell you, somebody who's managed to get away with it you know, considerably from a reputation point of view, is David O'Leary, and he should hold his head in shame as well. Oh, well, he was a
3: complete yeah, charlatan. Absolutely, complete charlatan. Yeah, I he agree. He really was. He, he was, you know, and that had to do. And by the way, you know, on top of that, at the end of the O'Leary era, you also had your man uh, from Chelsea who came Ken in. Bates. Ken
0: Bates came he, in. Yeah. And
3: he, came in and he fucking ravaged the club. So well, Ken, Bates, Ken, Ken Bates was as
2: damaging to Leeds United as Brian Clough. He basically came in there and said, I am going to pay what you're worth. And he gave a pound for, yeah. the, for, for the, I mean, there are lots of, that history, that period. One of the saddest things about the O'Leary period was obviously you had the great semifinal in the, in the Champions League, but the saddest thing about it was it completely whitewashed what an amazing job Howard Wilkinson had done in, in the nineties. You know, here Howard Wilkinson is one of the great unsung heroes of Leeds United. Pulled them out of the old second division, won the second division, literally, freaking ran through the first division, uh, won the title. You know, okay, Cantona was a mistake, not buying him, <laughs> selling him to, <laughs> the, to your crowd, but you know, other than that, a, a, an unblemished career until he went to manage England. And o- O'Leary's legacy as a semi-finalist in the Champions League has whitewashed that. And I think that's one of the great things that needs to be rectified in Leeds' history because Wilkinson is a, is a true hero. And O'Leary, O'Leary got hero worship for many, many years. And it's only now we realise, as Mark said, he was a complete charlatan.
0: Like, what what did O'Leary do after Leeds if he was any good? Nothing. What? He destroyed Nothing.
3: Villa. You know? And what no. he, did, he did was he, he went out and he bought every player <clears throat> irrelevant of the cost and whether they would fit in or not whoever was the, the happening players at the time were just literally brought in and whatever fee was looked for they paid it That's, a, that's you know what he built his castle on sand he built it on sand
0: Sean, Sean do you think your owners will be through to West Ham that they're putting their money where their mouth is now and, and the team is rolling well. Do you think they're there for the long haul or will they cash in on the
6: investments they have? I, th- I think, I mean, I, I, they're, they're supporters. I think like, I mean, I think like anything, they are two guys that I think if the money comes in, they'll take it. I met one of their sons once and he was really drunk in a pub. And he said to me that, that it was O'Sullivan's oh, son. And he said that, you know, they wanted to do the same thing with a Norwich or Wolves that they've done with West Ham. So, I mean, you know, so that didn't fill me with confidence. But we'll see.
0: They've everything going for them there. If You could build around Declan Royce and not sell them. And, get a, and they've, they've bought the good players in around them. And they seem to, you know, even if they did, as you say, if you got. Well, 130 million for Declan Rice. Because let's face it, if you get eight, 85 million for Anthony, how much is Declan Rice really worth then? You know, if, yeah. if he keeps playing, if he has a great World Cup, as long as that money's put back into the clubs. And that's the problem that Paul has with Leeds is the money doesn't be put back in.
2: <laughs> but sorry, well, Greg, I, think, I mean, Brady, do you think in this, you know, you look at this, this uh, transfer window mm. and you've got players like Holland going for 50 million? You've got players like Calvin Phillips going for 42 million. Rafinha went to Barcelona and they still haven't paid us yet. Probably not going to get paid for 40 million. Do you, do you think Declan Rice will get 130? I mean, seriously. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just don't see that sort of money. And actually, in actual fact, if West Ham are going to get 130 million for, for Declan Rice, they probably should have sold him. They probably should and actually build a team, build a bigger team and not build it around one player. I think
0: if he has a good World Cup, you know what I mean? You can,
2: imagine him coming back with a World Cup winning medal. and A World Cup winning I think medal? The thing <laughs> is, Greg, I, th- I think the thing is, Greg. I think the thing is, guys, you got to... You know, <laughs> are you on drugs, Greg? What's going no, on? I'm, on I'm high on life. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not trying, to, I'm trying to give...
0: I've, I've two Englishmen here, they want to give them some hope. You know what one I mean? Of them,
2: one of them's gone and Sean's a realist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, Sean.
6: Charlotte, Sean, honestly, do you think have a chance? I, I think it's going to be really interesting in when it's being played. I, I said that earlier in one of our podcasts. I think playing it in December plays into the advantage of, of England because you're going you know, to have a fully fit, uh, fit squad that haven't played a whole season. I think it's going to be really interesting. I, I, the only thing I do think is I, I like Southgate. But and I like the fact that he likes to keep the ball, but again, like West Ham, there's too much you know, there's too much emphasis on playing the ball back, uh, rather than going forward. So but, you know, never say, Look, no, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's and again, going back to Declan Rice, I, I disagree with you, Paul. I think I think the thing is when you go and see a team live and you see someone play live, that boy's command of his his football brain is ahead of everybody else's like you know, as far as my team goes. I mean, and, and again, he reminds me very much of Bobby Moore. He reminds me of Alan Hansen, the way he's now learnt this. He's got the confidence to come out with the ball now. And his distribution's getting better. Um, you know, he's... he's. I'd like to see him practice. his shooting more because, again, that, that you know, that, that bit's way off. But he's getting better every season. And I'll be honest, I, I would hate to lose him. I think he's irreplaceable. But I... I think for the boy, I'd like to see him, you know, again, like I've, I've said on a previous podcast, you know, Frank Lampard was a good player at West Ham. He went to Chelsea and he became a very good player. And again, you know, it's, it. I think Declan Rice, yeah, I, could, I think he could be one of the best in the world. I think, um, is he worth 130 million? No, I think, um, I don't think he is, but I think he will be one day. And I think, you know, like he's, he's, He's a good player. the way he reads the game is is unbelievable. I mean, when you see him live, it's quite incredible.
2: I Mark, absolutely. so just, I, I there's one
6: thing
0: here just below that we were talking about the World Cup. There, do you know when Haaland will get injured? The end of November, and then he's he's not going to the World Cup. He'll have five weeks to get to get fit again <laughs> and he'll be back fit as anything in January. And Harry Kane will probably Harry Kane probably be exhausted from the World Cup. So you know what I mean. They 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 their best player. It must be a dream for Pepe. It must be there going great. This fellow isn't even going to the World Cup. He can go send him off to Brazil and lie on the beach somewhere for a week or two and come back,
2: pick up where he left off. So mm-hmm. sorry, Paul, what were you saying? I, I don't disagree with anybody about Declan Rice. I've seen it, you know, obviously in the World Cup last um um last year, or the sorry, the the, the, the in the Euros, and of course, you know, seasoning, so you can see he's getting better. I just think in even in the in the modern in in the stupid money that's being spent, I think I think if it's 130 million, if that's the figure that someone's bandied about, the unfortunate thing for you, Sean, you'll be at Man City, yeah, because that's the only pay, yeah. that's the only team I think are, are even going to consider that sort of money for an English footballer. I I just don't see, I just don't see anybody else.
3: I I, I, think, I, I think Newcastle are going to really start getting aggressive. I think the Saudis are going to throw a lot of money at the magpies.
2: But you have to th- you have to say, say Mark, they look like they are not being overly aggressive or ambitious so far. I mean, I don't see Newcastle pulling up any trees. Maybe it's because they're not one hundred percent sure whether Eddie Howe's the right man, or you know. But I, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to take a couple of years before Newcastle are anywhere near close to not only being able to a target the players that city can but actually attracting them to go to newcastle because yeah. i think that's a big i think that's a big downside for newcastle they're just not I yeah. recognized i mean i think london's still a big attraction liverpool obviously is Man- manchester huge city really? oriented.
3: who who wants to live in manchester well, do you know you say that <laughs> I mean, as a
0: Leeds fan, as, as well as Dublin, as well as Dublin. As well as yeah. I want to be, I want to be a man of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: We, I think most of us would prefer to live in London, Sean. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, well, that's where most Manchester United fans live, anyway. So it's <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. They're just successful Manx like the guy that wants to buy us. Yeah, <laughs> the only reason he went to Chelsea because he loves football. He couldn't have, he didn't get the time to go. Oh, Greg, to Greg,
3: Greg the Glazers <laughs> are going nowhere, kid. See you, I, did, I, I read, I
2: read a great quote actually, which was, "Well, we know, we know, we, we know that all Manchester United f- fans live in London, but we don't know where the fuck Man City fans live." <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: he certainly don't pick up the terrace seating anyway. They, li- they live around the ground. Yeah. Yeah, but
0: there's only about a hundred of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did, I did go to the City Ground once. We were over at a Hair Show, and uh, I always said it was like Punch's pilot. Yeah, now I've uh, got a to say it's saying. I was on the bus, and this fella goes, "Who do you follow, man? Who do you follow?" And I, I, I said, Are "You up to see the City?" And I, I, I said, you, "Not really into club football. I'm into football, and I'm an Ireland. I follow Ireland." I see, you know, follow the Blues, you follow Manchester, you know, and I go, no, I just follow international football, just in the city for the game, and but the tour time of the night, I was waiting for the Cock the crowd three times, and be dropped off the bus, <laughs> I was the only guy, I was at the time, you know, they were doing the backs to the crowd, and they were playing Sunderland, and Steve Bruce was the manager, and I thought, they might, they might, who knows, they might, somebody has to lose, you know, and with that, Within, I think after 25 minutes, they were three up, and everybody was up throwing, on except me, I'm sitting there. And I got to the second half. I went, I think I better get out of here because I'm the only one that's not cheering. I'm the only one that's not jumping up <laughs> and down. So I think I better go. And I just left early then, you know. And while I, while I still had, uh, I still could walk on my own legs. But that was my only trip to the City Ground. Won't well, be going back again in a hurry. Uh, I would. I'd love to go. You know what? I've, ne- I've never gone to Celtic Park. Mark's always promised to bring me there, but we, I'd like to go. And then, may, and then maybe I'd have two clubs.
3: Uh, well, do you know what? I'm going to bring you this year. How's that sound?
0: Yeah, that I'll sounds def- great.
3: I'll definitely bring you. I might even bring you to an no firm game. How's that one for you?
0: Well, we can handle that. It even handle Champions League, to be honest with
3: you. Well, I'm going tomorrow over for the Real game. And I'm back next month for the Leipzig game. So uh, uh, we might see what we'll do with the other game.
0: Yeah, oh. yeah, and then Sean will get me in to see the Hammers.
6: I'll get you to see the Hammers, mate.
0: Yeah, and, and who doesn't like a draw? Keith's promised to bring me to to Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> and I've already I've been at Ellen Road, and I have to admit I did I did enjoy the experience because my dad was sitting beside me, you know, but I just couldn't join in with the singing. I just wasn't willing to do that for the man, you know. I, okay, I have-, you have a lovely picture of me, my dad, my brother-in-law, his son, who's a sports fan, and Billy Bremner. No, it's Billy ah, really Bremner, but it's 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 down the house. I got I got a frame that gave it to me, Dad, and when he passed away, I have I said I just have to put that up. So it's the only bit of Leeds that happens to be in the house, you know. So in,
3: in in the Leeds Champions League, by the way, I was over for most of the games because two two really good friends of mine had five season tickets. Wow! So they so they used to bring me over, and the one the one condition was I was never allowed to tell anybody. That I even remotely like Liverpool under any circumstances. So basically, I had to just go with the fact that I was a Celtic supporter. So and one and one of the, I think we were uh, Leeds were playing Roma. Mm. The lads in front presented me with a half Leeds half Celtic scarf that I still. Oh have. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any any time I've been to
2: Anfield, Liverpool have absolutely hammered Leeds. But I'm very very happy to say. That on my last experience of going to see Leeds play United, and we were in the old Third Division, and we beat them one 0 And okay. I was sitting in the United, in the United that, stand.
0: That, that was at Old Trafford.
2: Old Trafford, yeah.
0: Yeah, that was on New Year's Day. New Year's Day or the day after. New- I was there, Paul. Yeah, yeah, I, was yeah. There I, was- I was. I was with that brother-in-law of mine, and he mm. had a son who was a sports fan. And when the goal went in, uh, Beckford Beckford scored it, did he? Right, yeah. Yeah, and and second, Jared jumped up and down. And after the game, he goes, "Jesus, Craig, I was lucky to get out of there alive." And I went, you dare, you're lucky." I went, the minute they went in, I went, oh, "He's going to get thrown out because he won't be able to keep that into himself." You know? Uh, yeah, I remember that. The weather was atrocious. Yeah,
2: weather well, was. Well, yeah, who you, you blamed that on the result? Did you?
0: <laughs> yeah, we were frozen. <laughs> yeah, we've been frozen for the last four years. We're only
2: yeah, Fergie, Earth, Fergie, you know. Fergie was frozen at the end of the game. I don't know if you remember this. The players went over to to applaud the away support, and he pulled them back. Do you remember that?
0: No, no, I was gone.
2: Yeah. So the man Even that
0: final whistle went, I'm <laughs> going to have to listen to Jerry all the way home now. You know what I mean? So that was mm. a night, you know, Jerry O'Sullivan. My brother-in-law. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you remember him, Mark. What was yeah, it? I know. The loud guy, so it wasn't an easy trip back home, I can tell you. I wasn't in a hurry to do it again. But let's move on to politics because the big announcement today that uh, Liz has been thrust forward and uh, is going to take the UK back to better times. She's going to reduce everybody's energy bills by sapping the fucking life out of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way you could do. And uh Mr. Richie said he's gonna back her all the way because I just watched him on the news. And as much as your man tried to draw him out to say, but you but you don't like her, but you don't you didn't agree with her. But that's all over now. That's all over. That's all over. So what do you think, Sean?
6: I I'll never be disengaged. I hate the fact that so many people are disengaged with it, but I think um Look, I, like, I think I said before, like, you know, Rishi Sunak was part of the problem that was there before. She's frightens the life out of me because, you know, you cannot, at this point with inflation where it is, you can't be talking about tax cuts and putting money in people's hands. You know, I, I do, obviously she needs to look at the, at the you know, the energy crisis, but I, I, I'm, I've I seen it before like this. I, I think it's frightening at the moment. I mean, you know, for our own industry, I mean, I, I just can't see. I noticed this weekend that chefs, a lot of Tom Kerridge said that his electricity bill has gone from 60,000 a year um, to 410,000 a year. That's what he's new. I mean, you know, and again, today, because of this Russian cutting off the tap, they've said today it's actually gone up the gas or the price to buy gas has gone up by 30%. Which would mean the household bills would go up to over nearly eight grand um, come January. So I, 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 don't. I think she's absolutely fucking nuts if she wants to be the prime minister now. And good luck to her. But I think it's going to take more than a prime minister to get us out of this. I don't know what they're going to do. Also, she's got a very low, you know, a, a very low percentage in what they thought. I mean, the, the shocking news today that no one's talking about is. Out of them, 160, 173,000 people that are Tory members that could have voted, over 30,000 of them didn't even bother. And that shows you a party that does not give a fuck about the country because, you know, I made that around about 18% of people didn't even bother voting for their leader. Where do you think it would leave Northern Ireland?
2: Well, you know, obviously we are, I mean, we're like this just, just frigging... Black sheep of 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 the United Kingdom, this legitimate child that has been spawned by you know Ireland and the United Kingdom, that just kind of you know sits in the corner waiting for handouts and you know hand me downs and a and charity and and I, and I don't think Liz Trust is going to be any more kind of charitable than anybody else, and actually we don't deserve charity. What Northern Ireland should have a, a government of its own. That can make decisions and and at least fight for its people but those bunch of fuckwits don't care because they're getting paid anyway and in actual fact it's all about tribalism flags and you know speaking up for their people instead of actually thinking all of us are their people but my my main issue with this whole thing is the fact that this in-house um you know uh Tory boy set up you know pitching their own people again it should have been a general election you know, how how dare they think that they can just throw somebody in after Boris? This is this is this is some they should have if they were decent people, they would say, you know something, we want you to make the decision. Who do you think should lead you? Who should who do you think should take take you to where? Now, I'm not saying uh, Labour are, are, are a solution, but at least if we have a choice in it. We might have a better chance of actually um, finding somebody who believes, well, I've been elected by the people, so therefore I'm going to do my best. She, she's playing to the gallery. She's already pissed off the French. She hasn't a clue what she's doing. I mean, she's obviously, can't. she's probably sitting in a wine bar in South London as we speak, thinking,
3: I, I don't know, I can't believe what, what I've just done. I, I genuinely... Well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what she's going to do. She's gonna pick a wrong. She's gonna pick a fight with the wrong people, mm-hmm. uh, because high on her agenda is basically this protocol, and it, to be actually forget about it going through the house, house of both houses. She's yeah. actually gonna enact on it straight away. So she's clearly gonna pick a fight with Brussels. Mm-hmm. She's gonna get decimated because there's gonna be a trade war. So Sean, I hate to tell you this, you think things are bad now? Wait until the trade war starts. Germany and France and Italy the primary, the primary movers in, in Central Europe have actually been basically working towards having nothing to do with the UK since 2016. They've been gradually moving everything away. Uh, exports into the UK are down. Uh, imports into their countries are, are nominal at this stage. Um, so to be quite honest with you, it, it will it will cause little or no effect in Europe. If there's a trade war, but it'll have a devastating effect on the UK. Devastating effect.
2: How
0: important is is it to business and society in general? So who wants to kick that one off?
2: It's a big one, isn't it? <laughs> 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 the thing I the thing I always feel about culture or the when it first of all, the, the term culture is such it's as much overused a word nowadays as the term iconic or legendary. I mean, for me, culture is, it's a belief. Our ideal of culture is youth culture. It's what we believed in when we were
3: kids. Unfortunately, it just, just, to me, sounds, all I hear is the first four letters, Mm. which is cult. Mm. People trying to create a cult, not culture, a cult they're trying to manufacture something that they can garnish certain people together around uh, whether it's a, a whatever sort of idea it is I, so i think i think the word culture is, is basically i think it should be assigned to fine art fine 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 wines and and classical music <laughs> well, you can't distinguish anything anymore
2: as a culture, because it all looks like it's half thought out bollocks that's just been, you know, this will look great on Instagram or this will look brilliant
3: on a TikTok. See, some of my younger staff, and for example, you know, Harry Styles, mm. I, I had to give them not just a lesson in music culture, but also in fashion culture when I basically started pulling up lots of different album covers, lots of different stuff. Right through from Hunky Dory through Ziggy through Aladdin, saying, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Harry Styles becomes a copycat.
4: Yeah, I think I think you're right there. I mean, it's certainly you're talking about cultures and having. Uh, it, it's certainly a word that's become a bit of a buzzword and just thrown around. Rather, than, it's, it's just like it's like a bollocks word, really. Rather than just saying, <laughs> it, "Well, it is really." It's like it's just a Ponzi. Term that people come up with to like Paul said earlier when they can't really explain what it is they, they want to do, so um, yeah. it's, it's almost like a buzzword, but I think also thinking about social media and stuff like that, the extremes that used to be around when when people were doing all those sets of strings, but um, popular different cultures, like you guys are saying about mods and rockers and all this other stuff that was around, um, kids are sort of put off doing that because they've got this bracket that they've got to fit in on instagram where they can't look too much like this and they can't be too much like that because they get shot down in flames if they're too far this way and burnt down if they're on this side so there's this real sort of um boring nothingness where nobody really wants to do anything too far one way or other. they just want to be so mainstream and it's just mm. you
2: know do you think sid vicious give a fuck about being cancelled he
0: didn't didn't know where he went where he was
2: (laughs) if if sid was going to (laughs) Sid was going to cancel himself yeah the reality of it is here what we're talking about is modern culture or youth culture or the culture that we identify with because it was exciting it was new it changed every second and it also changed the way people thought about the way they wanted to live their life forever
0: and he says, no, culture exists. It has always existed. It just might not be the culture you believe in. So what you want to do is, if that's your culture, well, then you want people to be on your side. And that's what you're saying now is that, that there is no sides anymore. People have got lost and they're afraid to take a side or put yeah. themselves into an area. They want to blend into everything rather than grabbing yeah. onto... Yeah, a
4: where yeah, definitely. I think I think that you've got that on the head. I think also as well, I think, you know, since... 70s, 80s, when you're thinking about fashion and culture mixing together, you know, clothing was aggressive, 80s, it got big, money was around in the 80s, it wasn't so much around in the 70s, and it, uh, clothes sort of reflected that a bit as well. And ever since sort of then, we've not really had a, I don't know if the political interest
2: has, isn't there as, as much as it used to be. Now, let's go back to the guy that uh, Greg was talking to. People are mistaken the term culture. For some business psyche, some great mindset, some wonderful kind of, you know, um, it's a a, a great word to explain to people, you know, what you think your company represents. Yeah, whenever I hear people talk about, if I hear TG talk about their culture or freaking Davinus talk about their culture, I want to fucking run out of the room.
0: Now, I thought years later, when we became more multicultural as an island. We would have much diverse fashions and trends influenced from all these other cultures, and it's, and I'm kind of going. It's all being washed away. It's all just a big mishmash of all uh, marshmallow.
2: Greg, I've got some bad news for you. Hmm. You got what you wanted.
0: Do you feel the worst moments in our lives make us the people we are now? Make us the you know have shaped you into the person you are today. Who wants to kick that one off?
2: Uh, well, I, I think that I, I maybe had the most public of all of us in terms of... we Obviously, 10 years ago this month, um, the press decided that I was going to be the poster boy for hairdressing bank, bank, bankruptcy. And even though hundreds of us went bankrupt at the time, yeah. they, got a, they got a story on me that I couldn't shake off. It was a bit of a shocking time. And, of course, they... This rumor mill that happened meant, you know, that people started to talk. I was going to lose my house. I was losing the business, um, um, you know, that there was drugs involved. It was, you know, and that I was an alcoholic. It went on and on and on for weeks.
3: Whenever you go through difficult times, it actually shapes you as a person. Any, I don't find anybody interesting who hasn't gone through some sort of horrendous period within their life. It is character building. You, when you come out the other side, you 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 have a tendency to look at life differently. I look at life completely differently after what we went through. You know, we can't be slaves to to anything. You know, uh, we will give everything our best shot heading forward in what we're heading into. But if we don't get there, we don't get there.
0: Well, no, but- I think I think we we have an obligation when you come through this, right? And this is one of the things I've I've said to Alison. we've we've come through this and we owe the people who didn't come through this I mean the people that couldn't face any longer and took their own lives we owe that we've an obligation to them is to learn from that and not do the same thing again and enlighten anybody along the way that wants to listen to you into where you might see them going. whether they want your opinion or not but if they ask you Duncan always says that to me do you value my opinion and I would say yeah of course I do well then I'll say it to you
2: I, the, thing, the thing no? that we always talk about in these conversations, and it's uh, what my Lisa says, what do you talk about? And I said, you know, we talk about everything, but it always comes back to one thing, and and I think we can all agree on this. I mean, I don't know you so well, Keith, but we've all been very, very lucky, and you know, you should never ever be misguided to think that that is the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. We, you know, we are absolutely. <clears throat> in an an amazing industry that's meant we haven't had to work very hard all our lives not really work hard Mm. you know we've all we're all doing something that we thought would be a bit of fun that we make a living out of you know we've all met wonderful people it's put us in the most incredible positions and situations and places meeting wonderful people who are you know delighted to meet us as much as we meet them
4: when you go through a difficult situation it makes you realize that you have got choices that the choice remains solely with you in the end that other people can't influence what it is you're going through, unless you want to let them in and let them influence how you're feeling so it, it really gives you a good sense of knowing that the control and the, and the uh, power to take yourself where you want to go is completely with you and i think sometimes when you're in those situations where things are so dire and so desperate um the choices don't seem to be there although they are you you just can't see them for whatever reason and it takes time to go through those things to work out those things for each individual person I mean each each person's story is completely different and I, I volunteer I've probably told you before I volunteer at the Samaritans and when you're hearing people's stories of some of the things they go through and the uh, stories they're telling you, um, and Paul, your your story is a good story, but I mean, some of the ones I've heard are not, not, not not out of the ballpark. But uh, and they're still going, and they're still looking at life in a in a in a grateful way.
0: And Mark, even though you got kicked out of the band because you were a crap drummer, did that? change you? <laughs> um,
3: uh, first of all, I wasn't a crap drummer. Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, uh, how come? Uh, how come they've never invited you on stage then? to play um, along with them. And yeah, that's that tight with, with the lead singer I thought he has to be, they have to bring him on. Because
3: they all, they already have a drummer. So, and it, it's like lots of my mates who are in bands, they usually already have their own drummer. So, there you go. Like everybody else, we all go through our difficulties in life. I probably, uh, you know, had a lot of family issues and tragedies over the years and, and possibly went down a really bad road, a little bit like a rabbit hole that Paul went down. And um, I was very lucky that somebody came into my life and, and dragged me back out again. So, but for that, I don't probably know
0: where I'd be today. Is style still important to modern-day youth? Because I know yeah. style very important to you, Paul.
2: And yeah. it's very important <laughs> to you, Mark, in a different way it is important of course it's important um, it's important in the sense that most kids confuse fashion for style and of course they're two separate things two completely separate things but when you see a kid who is finding their way along the path of um, trying to at least establish an identity for themselves then you can see that their visual um, uh, um, version of themselves is, is cultivated and thought out and, 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 and individual within the realms of what this new conformity allows. And that is where it all goes a little bit boring and bland. Because, you know, when I look at my young, when I look at my daughters and I look at our staff, there are none of those peacocks coming into work anymore.
3: Yeah. And I, I, I totally agree with Paul. I mean, the, the idea of seeing your staff look like peacocks and stuff like that. I mean, to be quite honestly, I've, I've I think I've said it on here numerous times. The, the reason I got dragged into this industry was because there were so many cool people in the industry. Exactly. They looked amazing, they were great fun, they had a great attitude to life, and and they and they looked amazing. Now everything is generic. I mean, I, I only, I think I mentioned it here before. I was talking to one of the senior managers with, with L'Oreal and she was asking me a question of what did I think of the, the L'Oreal colour trophy and all the rest. I said, I'm the wrong person to ask. I, mm-hmm. I'm not your audience. Funny, you actually, one of, the,
0: one of the things I dreaded with coming into an air industry and Peter Mark was uniform, even the word itself, uniformity. When, when Salon started and raised, everybody must wear black. And then they actually have a like, a certain dress, like and then they start wearing zip tunics and I, and I went, No, not doing that. Why? I like the individuality of the people coming through. I couldn't care if somebody came through the door in full drag or hobnail boots. And I wouldn't even bother what gender they are. As long as they're able to do the hair well, they talk, they show up. Yeah. And they and they talk to people nicely and they treat people with respect. That's all I ask. I said diversity bring it on I'd love to have more diversity in the salon I'd right. love to have people of colour working for me why because I just feel that's the way we we need we need those
3: as you say peacocks we need those peacocks to be the, around because there's been so little of it around and I really do mean that I I kind of I I kind of get a bit of a giggle now because uh my son has got me looking at stuff that I've never looked at.
2: The reason that we have uniforms nowadays is not to make people look different. It's to prevent them from looking like shite. <laughs> exactly. Every salon I worked in had a uniform, with the exception of Zach's, which I'm sure Mark remembers back in, which was like Studio 54 in Belfast. In- <laughs> <laughs> it was I mean, wild. It was a wild place. That, 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 I was talking to David Holmes um, on Wednesday night, the Jarvis Cocker thing. And we're going to make a film about about, about Zax because people would not believe at the height of the Troubles, there was a salon in Belfast where there was no prejudice, no sexism, no misogyny, no hatred, no Catholic Protestant, everything, it was proper equality, proper acceptance. And when you were finished doing a great day's work, we Did 15 16 clients each? There were 60 staff. We went across the laveries, we drank the bar dry, went for a party back in the salon, and then went to work the next day. It was any wonder I was an alcoholic?
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, was cl- so
0: the clientele fun. was a mix of all the,
2: cl- the clientele was everybody. You, know, um, you could have uh, Energy Orchard sitting having their haircut for a new video, or Andy White playing guitar in the corner, but you had also had the cleaners from Sandy Row, who come in because they got their hair cut and blow-dried cheap on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday of the salon. I remember Liam Neeson sitting having a haircut there. Nobody knew who he was. Just, just before be you sure go,
5: uh,
2: Greg, everybody should go and see Age Daydream. Oh, absolutely. I'm going yeah. tomorrow. I'm going to go tomorrow. Yeah. Take it, uh, it is, It is breathtaking as a piece of film. You will not be impressed or you won't be surprised by anything you see, but you must listen carefully. Mm. And stay to the very end after the credits.
0: Brilliant. Good evening, everybody out there in the big old crazy world that we live in today. It was a great weekend of football, wasn't it, Duncan?
1: No, I don't particularly want to talk about that now, uh, Greg. Uh, although we uh, want to talk about it, it'll take me two or three minutes.
0: And the, the one that I was really struggling with was could Liverpool overturn Arsenal? Because they're seriously good team. There's only been one team that beat them so far this season. Who
1: was that, Duncan? Who was that, Greg? I can't tell you that. Oh, uh, you do, you played them last night. <laughs> United beat them, yeah. It was a great weekend now. I have to say it was a great weekend for football. I'm getting very annoyed with Leeds manager. I just think he's he's it's nearly like it's all about him. Or maybe he's trying to take the limelight off the players. Like he's after getting put up to the stand there for three matches, and he was given a load of lacquery there yesterday uh, to the fourth official. and I just think he's I just I'm turning off him there, you know. I don't I thought Liverpool (laughs) I thought they were a bit unlucky with the ball to hand kind of thing. Um, but having said that, they've got the bloody fair share of luck over the years, a big time, you know, last minute goals. And although, in fairness, they do play to the to the whistle. Um, but I think they they have a bit of an issue going on now at the moment. They don't have a great defense. And the guy that used to be number one on the team sheet, who's that nice young lad, actually the Trent. Uh, Trent, yeah, yeah. Thought,
0: love of Liverpool is 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 about I could probably fit it into my toenail and, and it'd be me yeah. toenail at that. But I actually yeah. feel, I don't like to see somebody picked on and victimised because at the end, you know what I mean, yeah. they're, they're people at the end of the day. And I feel there's a media yeah. witch hunt against that young lad. Because yeah. if, I, if I listen to another fella, he's, oh, look at the gap and look what he's doing and look at his, and and, it, and I'm kind of going, no, it's a team sport. There's mm. other players that aren't pulling their weight, but they just seem to have it in for him. And yeah. then if you look at United there with Ronaldo, Ronaldo wanted to go, nobody wanted him. So yeah. Salah is not as old as Ronaldo,
5: but
1: yeah. the
0: clubs looking to say, does he really fit in? Is he gonna give us the same as he gave us at, at he gave at Liverpool or
1: I'm not saying they sold the wrong person, but they should have kept the two of them and have competition between the two of them, you he
0: know. To do on Talk Sport this morning, they they said there was chemistry between them two, even though the, yeah. and it was great, there was big competition from what I hear yeah. between the two of them. Yeah. And the, yeah. you, you know who's the best who's and that rivalry there, you know what I mean? There's a yeah. lot you can get. <laughs> who was it said this morning? I was listening to um was it the other morning I was listening to Talk Sport. I was out walking the dogs early, and some fella came up and said, uh, you know, about one of the reporters, and uh, this girl had said, He's a he's a lovely man, he's a really nice man. And i love listening to him and And your man goes, Yeah, he is a nice man, but like who wants to be known as the nice man? And yeah, I said, no, well, mm. i do
1: yeah you're gonna ask me you you were asking me there before we come on about uh, how special he was and was he brilliant and, and this and the other like I, I would be thinking different like i know he can put the ball in the net and that's what it's all about and so could alan clark for Leeds years ago and so could so can your man kane or whatever but when you take the overall player i don't know how you can say certain players Put the ball in the net with the same players as George Best. There's no way that you're talking about George Best, Maradona, Ronaldo. There's probably one more out there somewhere. But really, that there's not that many that worked for the team and bet players. And then if he didn't like them, come back and bet them again.
0: You can't, I don't think you can compare George Best, Bobby Moore against Ronaldo Messi.
1: Look at the ball they were playing with back then. Yeah, yeah, and the grounds they were playing on.
0: Look at them. The big stories they were playing in full of muck, yeah, and they were trying yeah. to dribble. Do you remember when you often see them? The ball had stopped, it wasn't that they had done a trick to stop it, yeah, the yeah. muck had just stopped it. That's right. So yeah. it's not, he's successful because he's been programmed and to keep you mm. focused and, and keep you. No, because
1: I, I haven't seen him beating anybody as such. I've seen him turning a few people and putting the ball in, in the net. He absolutely knows where, where, where the goal is and that, like, you know. He's a great lad, he's a great athlete and that kind of thing. And I, I wouldn't knock him, you know.
5: Yeah, yeah. So, you uh, know,
0: so we wondered about the horse. We're not putting Holland in the same category as there, but he is he is a beast, you know what I mean? And yeah, and- he is,
1: and he's enjoying it, and he's he's really good and he works great with forum as well. Like you know, uh they work you kind know, of well because they both of them got hat tricks there the other day.
0: And, and there's two topics I want to look at is that players leaving a club sometimes you say it's a downward spiral, right? Yeah, if you look at Jesus at Man City. Yeah, great talent. He was in, he was out, he was in, he was out. He wasn't a, a you know a halal or whatever. He's gone to Arsenal, he's yeah. legendary already. He's legendary. brilliant,
1: but well, he's late. He puts in club a series.
0: No, we have club coming out and going, I wasn't too happy the way he went down that easy. And I yeah. felt like saying, We'll show you a few videos of Salah going yeah. down easy.
1: Yeah, even take everything there, right? Going to, in five minutes, going to gold it's united right and now the fans were blowing the whistle right and yeah. and, and the players were wasting time We're fucking 95 sorry 95 minutes it's a no-brainer you know he's going to put in an offer for him now he might ask can he he's going to know better the devil you know kind of thing and
0: we're watching and listening to the media okay mm, yeah we fit, I've, i felt at times i'm, I'm in a, an episode of game of thrones because I yeah. keep saying winter is coming, winter is coming. Yeah. Like, yeah. what's your view of the industry in the coming months? Because mine would be, I I lived in this country army life, and the beauty of it is they can have four seasons in a day.
1: Um, I I tell you what I think. I think we kind of we worry about things that may not even happen. Mm. It's stupid. Like, and we were at a thing there we saw a new guy a little while ago, and yeah, you know, the guy got up to speak at the end, and he was speaking out about. We can control everything that's inside us, not outside us. Do you know, I thought it was really good, even by reading exercise, that and stop just worrying. Now, we worry about things that may never happen, and it's all this doom and gloom on the thing. If it's not, if it's not the uh, uh, Ukrainians and uh, Russia, is is China going to join them? And not Korea going to join them, or is? i'm going to do this and just maybe nothing will happen like we worry about things like that i tell you what i i'm concerned about i i'm after up. well i didn't i'm gonna put up the prices next week and i get this serious serious thought i was so annoyed with it because i know for natural fact when i put up 10 price i'm gonna lose clients there's nothing sure and my turnover will not necessarily go up I mean, colour and all that kind of thing has gone up. Um, the gas is gone up, the ESB is going up, all the products are going up, all things like that. And I said, I'm gonna to have to put them up. Now, then uh, will I put them up now and will I counteract for the the, the vacuum up in um, February, which I don't think maybe we might even go up at all. So I said, No, let's just do this now and let's see what else going. and not be worried about it. I'm concerned about. Christmas we're going to have because we need a really really good Christmas to try and get us over them a couple of weeks after Christmas.
0: Because when, when it's time to switch to mm. winter clothes to spring, Paul will tell us Yeah, because Paul told me one day I hear, that's a lovely shirt you have on there Greg for summer
1: I, I don't know how many people have heard saying I don't read the papers, I don't look at the papers anymore there's nothing in them. I say to her, I used to buy paper every day, Now I don't I used to buy one then every Sunday I don't anymore. And I like an independent, or I like the business Post. poster. I actually like the Sunday Times, because you could be reading for a week. But well, it's all about doom and gloom and things like that.
0: I hate about war is that politicians put, put young men in the position that they, to fight for somebody that they probably aren't even old enough to understand why they're fighting. Can you imagine now, I'm and I'm hoping in one sense this is happening, that regular families like yours and mine mm. in Russia yeah. are looking and going, Dmitry isn't coming back. Where yeah. why, why did he go on that war? And then yeah. when you look, and whether it's propaganda or not, but we're being told 10,000 Russians are leaving over the Kazakhstan border and the Georgia border. Yeah. And when they were interviewing, one fella says, "I'm a scientist. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be far off our people. I'm not trying to be. So I'm not a soldier. Why would I be going yeah. to? Work? And then this other man with his wife and two kids and a head and why, why are you leaving? Because my son is the age. He's going to get drafted. I'm not giving up. me son. "Why would I give up my son? So yeah. it it's trickles of water that create a stream, that create a yeah. lake, that create an ocean.
1: If you were a boxer and you were twenty 25- five years of age and you just won a major fight you beat someone that was incredible his nickname was The Bear and it was incredible that you even would even and at 25 years of age you were drafted to go into the army and you wouldn't do it you were at the height of your career now and you were drafted to go into the army and you wouldn't go in your license was taken away from you from boxing for three years and a black guy did that on his own Muhammad Ali after beating Sonny Liston and he did that on his own He stood up. Like I mean, he should have been keeping his mouth shut to be a black man in America at that time. But no, he was saying, I'm not the under. He's a brother of mine. I'm not going over there to shoot someone. He was at the height of his career and he 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 had to stay out of that for three years. He came back down and became the champion again, actually for three times. But to do that, I mean, I, I see a situation actually where they would revolt in, and I think they're doing it at the moment because I think that explosion on that bridge. Could have been done by Russian civilians. Yeah.
0: You know, actually, yeah. here's an interesting one. I, I often get beaten up over this, and this is way off the cuff. But last night, there's a, a lad, Barry, if you're ever listening to this, you're out there. He's a Liverpool fan. And uh, we used to knock heads a bit last season. They realized it's getting a bit too personal. So I'll just keep that for Mark now. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but he said last night, Ronaldo, because he hit the seven hundred goal of his career. You yeah, know, he should be playing him more, playing him more. And I could have gone, no, the, the fella's 38 years of age. Mm. So he come back and corrected me. He's not. He's 37. Yeah. And I said, when is he 38? And he says, February. And I said, well, then yeah. he's nearer, 38, and he is 37. Because you don't go back. Mm. We go forward. Yeah. So
1: yeah.
0: when I usually, and my wife comes out to me, when I turn 59, yeah, and people say, and people say, Well, I'm nearly 60. My dad used it? to do that, and I
1: think I might do it myself. The food Felt wasn't a drink, dramatic. yeah. That, yeah, that, that
0: curry, <laughs> that curry killed me. It was nothing to do with the eight points that you'd had, no, right? no, followed by the couple of shorts, you know what I mean, yeah. and the dodgy yeah. bottle of wine in Leeson Street.
1: <laughs> oh, they were terrible. Jesus, the bottles of wine in Leeson Street, you couldn't drink them. They cost a fortune. They were fucking terrible. Do
0: you remember Desc- what it was called? No. Leaf of Milch, wasn't it? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you, if you could, I think if you could you could get Blue None if you had a couple of quid extra.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and Black Tower.
0: And Black Tower. That, when you think back, we had yeah. three bottles of wine back then. Yeah. So that's Black, right. Terror, the Black Tower, Leaf of Milch, and Blue None. That was it? Well, we only had uh, we
1: only you had you were Mark
0: and you followed Celtic, you had book fast.
1: <laughs> well, we only had three drinks we had we had Guinness, we had uh, Harp, and we had Smilix, and then we had Forstenburg, and and then we got McArdle's Ale, and, Zayf, and then, then we got we had, Lowe's.
0: Oh, then we had I remember when I worked in the Swiss College as a part time barman, I did. We
1: sat some, That's in sat Swiss College in Inchicore,
0: in no, the Swiss College up in Santry, it's now a block right. apartments. Tell uh, me what you had and brow, people used to. Order. Ah,
1: Had the It's a lovely
0: gold, the gold paper on the top. Yeah, bottle. You know, bottle of satin brow, and it was diet pills, right? I thought, right. I didn't know, I thought that was for diabetes, diabetics. So yeah. that got that? I, I I used to smoke when smokes were really really cheap, and and people used to be constantly saying to me, "I do you smoke," and 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 everybody flashed their smokes. Yeah. Remember that. So I used yeah. to actually take, after about the fifth person saying, do you want to smoke? I used to just say, yeah, I'll take one to see yeah. if he said, you don't smoke. they yeah, have yeah. offer me. Or yeah. if I smoke, I'd hold it and people would come around and go, yeah, hey, Greg, you don't smoke. No. But it stops people offering to me if I just hold one in my
5: hands. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. Just, I never got it. I remember trying a cigarette and I got dizzy. It's just yeah. me. I'm not getting. I don't want. They all seem to be enjoying it. I couldn't get yeah. that worse. Them, them, well, it was
1: part of your uh, part of your clothes, wasn't it? That's a nice shirt, that's a lovely jacket. Great smokes.
0: Yeah. I remember was... the teacher and I won't name his name, but he yeah. remembered we, we brought they brought us up to mountains when we were kids, right? Yeah. Uh, a gang of a gang of kids from Kulok that were in the city. <laughs> Bring them up to Wicklow Mountains and calm them down, like let them run them up, tear them around <laughs> the place, and we put them in a hostel. You know, we
5: were,
0: <laughs> we were in the hospital hostel and I think somebody snuck a beer or two in and we were sipping over the beer and one bright spark got an idea. Put newspaper around the light and no yeah. dim it down. The teachers were they were in the the hostel across the way. They won't know that yeah. so we were all there having the crack and I remembered we were going and then the room just all of a sudden start getting brighter.
5: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I kind of thought couldn't be morning, yeah. And didn't know <laughs> The next minute, the lampshade just collapsed. The heat built up so much, the lampshade went on fire. and It just collapsed onto the ground. We all jumped up and oh, what are we going to do? Who better said, we have a bit of sellotape. Sellotape We the lamp, the light on. But nobody put that light on for the rest of the time we're here. The next day or two, anybody, don't put that light on. And I remember one one of the lads, we were, the teacher said, go in there and tidy up that kitchen. It was the kitchen over where the teachers were. You know, yeah. like, you, know yeah. you, you didn't question anything. I yeah. Remember, you, I think it was one of the lads. He yeah, clack, Clacky, have a look at that. Look at that. There was four empty bottles of Cabocey brandy in the back of the bin. Right? Teachers bringing us up the mountains. Imagine if anything yeah. happened to us. We were all off that bin. On the Who's driving? <laughs> Give one of the kids the keys. They're so more sober <laughs> than the rest of us. Tatata. <laughs> They were they yeah. were great guys
5: right
0: yeah and they, tried, they treated you they, all of a sudden because you had done your junior said now they, they treated you totally different you were treated like adults right yeah. Greg and if he you know he wasn't Clack Greg or you know, right I got and he gave us a Nixer to do to pay yeah. for this trip they were going to bring us on up the mountain and he said right, it was plug boards he used to have a chipboard board at the backyard you know in your hall and you open up the plot the fuse board is on it that's right yeah back of that there was a, a chipboard and there was four holes counter-sunk into it, and we'd counter sunk the machine. And the teacher said, Right, the truck will pull in there. Is all pick it in turn, stay back on a Wednesday we finished early, stay back for an hour or two, and we would have gone through them. Right. And I always yeah. thought at the end of it, what a clever bit. They we probably got probably cost 30 quid to bring us up the mountains for two yeah. days. <laughs> they probably made 300 quid. <laughs> I doubt if there was any receipts being shown or invoices. No, in, I
1: wouldn't think uh, so. Them
0: days. But, you know, fair play. She was yeah. totally, You were treated as an adult. I actually yeah. just said to a young girl today that served me in Musgraves, and uh, I was in the queue, and Alison and had said to me the weekend that uh, young kids of 18 now, uh, she was talking to a couple of teachers that are in the salons, she says they kind of nearly have to look at them as if they're nearly 16 and a half, 17, because of two years of lockdown. Their yeah. social skills, communication hasn't really developed. Mm. So it mm. makes us look
1: that's interesting.
0: Yeah, as somebody talked to me, you know, the employ people for skills or attitude. And yeah. I would have said, Oh, oh well, you know, skills can be taught. It's the attitude. And then I thought, well, you know, your attitude can be changed if you're if you're open to changing. Because mm. if that's the, if that's the case, we wouldn't have people who recovered addicts because nobody'd given them a chance. So you have to give yeah. people a chance. But once mm-hmm. you've given them the chance, they have to show up. You have to you yeah, have yeah. to show up. So the kid, I'm there, at the, and I've done a couple of things. But a younger guy, who's probably in 22, but he's more senior mm-hmm. more, and she, he was showing her the thing. right? But I'm standing there. And then a senior manager came along. He was probably annoyed. What well, did he interrupt me for? So the two of them engrossing this thing. And I'm waiting there. But not, neither of them made eye contact with me. Neither of them looked mm-hmm. I was oblivious. And then they looked around the gate, goes, Oh, yeah, uh, sorry. And I went, oh, I just thought I was invisible there. I thought I was out there discovering the secret of invisibility. And yeah. she says, oh, no, sorry. And I said, oh, yeah, grand. And she put it through. And then I said, you're only learning. And she says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I said, you're school-leaving, not you? not leave and search. Yeah. I said, said when me, my wife was throwing something at me there. Maybe you would agree with this. I'd love your opinion. And she said, what's that? I said, she said teachers. And 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 she was thinking to themselves and a few people. She was talking to people of your age. Uh, you're how old are you 18 and she says yeah I'm 18 and I says well would would I be right in saying that you're probably at the mental age of like 16 and a half 17 rather than 18 would you agree mm-hmm. because of COVID and the lockdown oh definitely I definitely agree and I said mm-hmm. oh. she said well, like I didn't even get you know interview training skills that you'd get when you were in school or in, I never got any of that I missed out on a lot of all that and it makes you it does make yeah. you funner. and one of the yeah. things that Alison did say to me that she, another teacher had said to her, and it's amazing, the thing I love about our job is we meet people on a wonderful mm. basis from every aspect of life. Mm. We, we, we become knowledgeable. We're not experts at anything, but we're knowledgeable on everything. You know yeah. what I mean? So we're aware yeah. of stuff. And the, the teacher said, the problem I have is that when they moved to leave and start made it the point easier. Mm-hmm. You made courses accept, accessible to kids that maybe aren't really ready for that. Or aren't quite capable. And then they're coming on the course in college. And mm. then they're probably going to end up saying, I can't cope with this. And then they're dropping out. So could yeah. we end up having a generation of kids wandering around? Yeah. Because they they don't want to go back to do a PLC. Because yeah. I had college and then they can't get into and And they've lost the opportunity because they weren't pitched in. Or they weren't educated up to the level they should have been to get onto yeah. that course. But we made it because of COVID. Ah, look, God loved them and did we do them a favour you know, mm-hmm. time will tell time will tell, I hope we're wrong but I just feel, now yeah. made me look, when i seen that question uh, and then when I look at what Alison was saying, it's now made me look at anybody new, you're coming into my business, that all is 18, that has leaving standard and has come true is, well, maybe I need to coach them, maybe they need that opportunity but they need the opportunity, but yeah. maybe we can't it's like the phrase, isn't it? You'll never know. The kids of today. The kids of today. And yeah. I always remember saying that. Me dad oh, me dad would say that. And I've always said, well, I, I've worked out how to work out the kids of today. Is the, the reason you'll never understand them is because you're not them. Because my dad didn't understand me when I was a kid. But the yeah. important thing we have to learn is they don't, they're not going away. They're your future yeah. workforce. You have to That's learn how to work with them. And, yeah.
1: you have to listen yeah. to them. and when you work with them, you know, you can, um, you can get into their, their mindset as well. And it's good to stay young and it keeps you young. You know, like there is a big difference between a 17-year-old and a 19-year-old. And a big difference between 16 and an 18-year-old. But When I think when I went into hairdressing, it was two 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 and a half years of hairdressing. I went in when I was 14 and a half, put out of school. And when I went into it, after two and a half years, I was cracked. I was brutal. There was nothing I could do. And, and then I got someone that was interested in me and took me on and I worked alongside him and I was managing this shop within the year of walking there. He just needed to tweak a lot of things. with me. I could do things. I didn't do them right, but he tweaked it. And I'm already thinking now after you telling that story there, that's what the problem was. I was too young. I was too young. Like, there's a big difference. Now, we have a 17-year-old working person. she's going to be 18 in, in December. She's a very, she's different now. I mean, this girl is is very uh, uh, confident and she only has to tell her something once and she, she's great. But the few and far between, like, most, most people that age, I know I wasn't anyway, I haven't got a clue. No, that's, that's my ranting anyway.
0: Right. Well, on that night, we're going to bring a little duo of dudes night to an end. And let's hope the next one we should have a full house, um. Hopefully, because we'd be dying to hear what Mark thought of Brian Ferry, and hopefully Brian Ferry lived out lasted for the whole gig because he must be he must be nearly as old as my mom and dad were at this stage now because he's older than Bowie, I think. So you know old was Bowie, um. I'm sure we'll 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 get Paul on and talk about the fantastic night and what it was like to be up on stage and put, have your industry you know, feel your worthy of being called an icon. I'd also want to see what Keith, uh, Sean, we haven't had the two guys on since the passing of the Queen. And I'd love to get talk to them a little bit more about the future of the monarchy and, and what generally people feel about the changes, the dramatic changes in English society. If you look at it now, like they're, you know, they're, they're, they're Queen that's been around for decades is gone. So it's a new era. And we've just dipped our prime minister's gone. And is it time for a new era there after 12 years of political change? And how is it over there at the moment? So that, there's a lot of stuff that hopefully a lot of things can happen in a very short space of time. And we just want to say our thoughts are with everybody, you know, that lives in Donegal. Because that, that kind of a tragedy, as somebody who came through a tragedy back in the, in the the in the 80s, of of young people passing away and people just dying that you know their their normal life was lying there ahead of them. Let's hope that people can can survive it because I survived it and part of what got me through was as a remarkable respect for the people who've passed to live your life and celebrate every moment that they never got to cherish and never got to have. We've got great characters here and Sean isn't here, but we might we might all pick the character we feel what would best play him. But I asked the guys earlier. In the story of your life, who do you who would you like to play you, and then we'll give everybody a minute or two to have a think about that, and who they would like to play them at maybe a fairly stages of the life because you might have a couple of people, uh, and then we might ask it if we have time who do we think should play you because I have a few of, I have a few people here, so who'd like this to kick off or will I start off?
1: Go ahead, Greg. Go okay.
0: ahead. Greg. I got to keep it very simple. The three Gleason actors. Any of the three could play me at different stages because they're all ginger, and there was a ginger at one stage. So I could take the Gleason <laughs> young lads, could play me as a young flip. I've seen one of them play a middle aged man, and he's younger. And The dad could play me where I am now. He's got a bit of hair, and I have a bit of hair. He just had to get a cut because he's you know, uh, Mr. Farrell at the moment. So I think any of the Gleasons would probably do a good turn of to me because they do yeah, the accent so. well, and I think they would cover me fairly. I would be happy enough with what they were torn out. So there yeah. you go. That's me. Who's next? Well,
1: I'll, just, I'll take that then. Just before I came in, I forgot that we were going to ask that question. And I said to Irene real quick, I said, who would play me? And she says, well, "Who? are you laughing at Craig? Will you Wait till I tell you the story. <laughs> so I, says, <laughs> so, so I, says, I said to her, who, who, who do you think will, will play me? And she says, who do you want to play and I says, I don't know. I can't think of anyone. She says, I think anyone could play you, Duncan. She says. Because all you have to do is act a tick. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that, that's what she said. If I actually think if I was going to pick someone, it would have to be out to see them. Ooh,
3: More like Joe Pesci.
5: By Joe, uh, Pesci. Joe, Joe Pesci. Pesci, Joe Pesci,
0: yeah. Joe Pesci be good. You'd be a bit taller than Joe Pesci though, Duncan. That's the yeah. only thing.
3: Well, just about, just about taller than Joe Pesci.
0: He'd have to get a, <laughs> we'd probably get Robert Elms to dig him up a pair of Cuban heels. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, Robert, right. Who, right, so who's next? Go on, uh, I'll, go, I'll, go, I'll go next. Go ahead. Go um, ahead. I, I was listening to Keanu Reeves talking about his perfect day the other day. And he's, it was basically, and I, I, just think, I think he's quite cool anyway. I don't think he's a great actor. But um, his perfect day was riding a motorcycle, having sex, reading a book, riding a motorcycle, meeting some friends. It just sounded like a really good day. Um, so, yeah, Keanu Reeves, why not? I mean, he's, he's been bald occasionally. I've had my hair long somewhere down the line. So, we'll go with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, oh, Hold on, Keith. You're not playing
0: him. He's no, playing no. you. He's, He's playing, playing me. He, right? he, he wouldn't be getting the Harley out and bringing the umpire down to the A&E. <laughs> <laughs> such a
4: wind-up.
0: Okay, Mark or Paul, who's next? Uh,
3: what do you reckon, Paul? <laughs> I reckon you, Mark. I, I'm dying to hear who you... Who, who you... Oh, well, listen, it's it, it possibly only really one or two. Uh, probably Nicholas Cage. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Hell I can see yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's gonna be a toss-up between himself and Mickey Wark, both of them dysfunctional, both of them having their demons, both of them completely off the reservation. So I, I don't really I, I think it would be either or to be quite honest. With you. Oh Mickey Rourke. They're equally <laughs> as mad as each other. Yeah. Uh, so, You're
0: talking uh, about Mickey Rook? You say Mickey Rook because he's had plastic surgery as well as Mark.
3: And both <laughs> <are>. <laughs> well, well, I suppose if I had to choose between the two, I, I'd stick with Nicholas. I, I, I never,
0: yeah, I never <laughs> thought of that, but you actually now you say it, that's, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I
3: think we'll stick with
0: Nick actually. Oh. You, oh.
2: Well, you know, funny enough, it's one of those kind of weird things that you do get asked occasionally, and of course, you never really think about it. But because you give us a little bit of time, I thought so. I, rather than actually, because I can see, I can see how Mark would pick, um, uh, Nicolas Cage, not just because of the sort of the madness, but also there's a similarity in looks there, and that's and I can see how that would work, um, um, and Mickey Rourke, I can see, I can see that, um, Al Pacino. No, nah, Duncan. I don't see that, mate. So, okay. okay. Uh, oh well, I'm gone going to Joe Pesci now. By the way, Paul. All mate. right. Okay, Duncan. Pesci, Duncan Pesci. Uh, yeah. Uh, Keith Keith is obviously on fucking drugs. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, uh, obviously, Greg, you've just taken the easiest option. Do so I probably would have went with Colin Tobin for you or something like that rather than Gleason- <laughs> <laughs> any. For me, the, the choice was, you know, who actually do I think I'm like? And of all the actors that I think, not in looks, but Edward Norton was the one I thought who is the closest in terms of personality yeah. and mm. that anal attention to detail, obsessively, yeah. even annoyingly, you know, kind of mm. characteristically difficult to work with. I don't think I'm particularly difficult to work with, but if you didn't know me, you would find me hard. Mm. Um, but the the person who I really struggled with because I really like his style of acting was Steve Buscemi from obviously Boardwalk Empire and Reservoir Dogs. Oh yeah, because yeah. I just kind of like his style of acting. I think you know that unhinged could be violent, could be you know, um kind, could be generous, could be quite sinister. I like that vibe so. Uh, but probably Edward Norton in terms of personality. And I think he, he's got mm. that similar kind of characteristic.
0: Well, I'll, I'll throw the ones I thought of everybody. Okay. So oh, here we go. I, I put Mark, I put Daniel Day-Lewis because he can handle any character. And it's all he's very complex, that Mark. Very Collins. good. So you need yeah. somebody that could really get into there and, and and play him. So it's all Day-Lewis would be good. Paul, I put Killian Morphy down for you. I'm okay. I'm thinking about Pinky Blinders, kind of the character... And could could uh, as as you know, you have a nice up front, but deep down there's a darker side to you. Okay, <laughs> and I thought he could yeah. move. Okay, now Duncan Anthony Hopkins, excellent. Yeah, I thought <laughs> I thought that he he's a Welsh very man. He, he could he could That's
2: handle, a good one.
5: Yeah, that's a very handle,
0: good one. Um, you know, and in his day when he was the younger Hopkins was a handy fella. You know, he was handsome yeah. enough. You know, and uh, let's see, Keith, Danny
5: Dyer,
0: <laughs> 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 Crystal Palace, and then Sean isn't here. But I thought about that, and I thought Tom Hardy.
5: Yeah.
2: I would have yeah. thought Tom Hardy. That's yeah. very good, Greg. Very yeah, good.
0: Thought, mm. thought they were. I thought they would sum people up. You know what I mean.
2: Very so good. So anybody
0: else got any views on, on who'd play anybody? Well, just else? on
1: just just on uh, balls there. I thought that was very good. Um, primal Fear. You know oh, the yeah, and the dark yeah. side and that kind of thing. Like you know, I thought it was a I thought it was a good choice. There, you know, yeah. and I thought my choice from Mark it, it moved me on to Joe Pesci. Yeah,
4: because
1: <laughs> 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 you, you think I'm funny.
5: <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: Girl, I'll go, nobody eternity. got De Niro. <laughs> I'd, I I if I was a different shade and it slightly dark and had a mole, I would have said I'd love De Niro to play me because De Niro is my favorite actor of all time until he starts trying to do bad comedies. And then I yeah. went, oh, you've really let me down. You had all these classic characters, and now you've been father. What was it? They, they won the Meet the Fuckers, yeah. which was a great movie The
1: force. It was one. good in that, I thought. I
0: thought at when time it got to, to three and four, it was a bit, Jesus, come on, man. You don't Listen,
3: he money. did one called Dirty Grandfa- Grandpa, and he was absolutely brilliant. He was brilliant in that. He was brilliant in that. You what know? was that called again? What was that called again? Dirty Grandpa. Oh, so on Dirty that, grandpa. I
0: have to say, Good night, everybody. Until we meet again, be safe and look after yourselves.
2: Take care, lads. See you guys. Bye. See
0: ya. Thank you for listening to the Hair Dudes Conversations Best of Series Two. Look out for Series Three coming soon. If you've got this far, we must be doing something right. So please don't forget to like, comment, give us a five-star review, and share, share, share with
5: all your friends, family, and other Hair Dudes out there. Until the next time, take care.